Hey Bucket Squad, just a quick note before the episode starts to let you know that we will be taking a week's break next week, so there will be no new episode on the 15th of April if you are listening live, uh, but we'll be back on the 22nd with an episode on our top 5 80s films, along with a in-depth discussion of Zack Snyder's Justice League, so look forward to that and on with today's show. Two friends just made a podcast. Two good friends just made a podcast. Two good friends just made a podcast. It's called Culture Bucket. Two friends just made a podcast. Two good friends just made a podcast. Two good friends just made a podcast. Culture Bucket, Georgia and Hi everyone, thank you for joining us again. Uh, welcome back to Culture Bucket, um, the world's best podcast, <laughs> official, Oh, officially declared you, the greatest podcast in the world. Um, Who declared it? Oh, it, um, a guy uh, um, down the road. Ah, I thought you said a name. I don't know. Sorry. No, Carry just on. a guy. I asked him <laughs> and he agreed with me. Um, Welcome back. We'll be discussing culture as always, popular culture. Uh, top five this week will be on final shots. The uh, My co-host is shaking her head. What a uh, bad the, idea the, that was. The brilliant moments at the end of films that leave you wanting a little bit more. That final shot of a movie. Uh, who has done it best? We'll find out later uh, after we've done some culture catch up, some homework, all our normal things, and a new feature that I've devised. Oh, exciting. But I can't do this on my own. It would be boring. With me is my co host who makes it all worthwhile, Alex. Hi, Alex. Hi, George. Hi, everyone. How are you today, George? I'm good. I've got my keep cup, so yeah, everything I can is all see. right in the world. It's full of coffee. Yeah. It is full of coffee, keeping me going, because today I have a headache. Me too. Join the Ooh, club. Good. I like it. Wow. Do you think it's a teacher's headache? Like, it's nearly Easter time. It's nearly time for a yeah, break. Maybe. And suddenly, maybe. every day I wake up, I'm like, oh, is it is it Easter yet? <laughs> I woke up. I had a headache. I went to the area of my root of my kitchen where there's just um <laughs> pills lying all over the place and I rummaged I rummaged through it looking for some ibuprofen and paracetamol. I could only find paracetamol. So I oh. had some of that and it didn't help. So I no. put on my shorts, went out in the rain and <laughs> went to the shop and bought some ibuprofen looking like a Blink-182 reject with my bands <laughs> and my shorts. And then I took the ibuprofen, and that combined with the paracetamol um, has sort of broadly kept the wolf at the door, but it's it, it's all a bit fuzzy. So we'll see how we do today. Uh, yeah, we're not going to do great, I don't think. No. Well, Thanks for listening, it... though, everyone. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening through our headache and my... Uh, and my uh, I've been stressing out about this episode because I think this was Good. the worst. I thought this was the best idea, the best episode, you know. 
top five final shots. Then yeah. I realized that I suffer from forgetfulness and I forget everything. <laughs> so right. suddenly I was like, I have no idea. And right. uh, I'm frustrated. I found a note on my phone that I made about a year ago listing my favorite <sighs> final shots. So that See, that's what I need to do. So I think I think we need to put on a reminder that maybe in a year's time we'll do it again and I'm going to start writing final shots that impressed me. Okay, that's fine. We, we should, probably should do it again because I realised that with one exception, four of my top five all come from within the same two-year period. Um, yeah, I, I, I've I been... that. This was like... I went everywhere with this one and I don't know. <laughs> I don't think there'll be any crossover at all between our lists. No, today. not at all. Probably yeah. not at all. Also, because Probably. at one point I I wasted an hour looking at final scenes, but final scenes are not the last shot. I was like, no. oh, God, Alex yeah. is so stupid. And then <laughs> so we're recording half an hour later <laughs> that we were we rescheduled because uh, I spent <laughs> an hour looking at final scenes. Misunderstanding the point of the of the list. Yeah. No. No. But that because <laughs> just because I was I was searching and searching for final shots, and I was like, oh, maybe I should put final scenes. Maybe I'll find more stuff. I, and I did, but that wasn't the point of the game, was it? <laughs> no. But it, it's easy to do. Like I had to take one off my top five that I thought was definitely going to be on there because there's a shot near the end that's amazing. Yeah, and then just before the movie finishes, it just cuts to somebody's face, and then the credits come up, and I was like, "Oh, that! Oh, you ruined it! Why yeah. would you do that?" Anyway, me too. Can I say the film that I had the same thing with? Yes, Rogue One. Oh, what's the final? What did you think? The, the, final the shot scene of Rogue that one? I love that I the scene that like really broke me, and I thought it was beautiful was when they when they when they're on the beach. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yes. Every, yeah, 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 yeah. That's beautiful. And I was like, that. I put it down. I was like, straight away, put it down. And then I oh, went on then, YouTube. Don't you have like that's CGI not the, Carrie that's Fisher? Not the, that's not the last shot. Carrie Fisher's the which I was happy. Carrie Fisher was the last shot, but that's not the shot I wanted. So it's I not was, even the. Fa- it's not even the last scene, is it? No. No. Does that whole? No. Does it? Do, but if it had. But Does if I had finished then, that would be my last shot. Sorry, I yeah. we keep interrupting each other. Does it have that whole bit of Darth Vader smashing through the the doors? That Vader is there. That's after the bit on the beach, yeah, right? That's after the bit on the beach. Yeah. And if they that's that's upsetting. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it's indicative of um, <laughs> it's indicative of Disney's need for those Star Wars movies to like tell a wider story and not be individual artistic statements. Because I feel like the director would have, I don't know. I feel like there's a version of that movie that ends with them on the beach because really that's the story of the film. I, yeah, you're right. I feel like maybe if they had left that shot, that would have been one of my best shots, but it wasn't. Because yeah. they had to explain everything and also they had to put uh, CGI Carrie Fisher. Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah, it's pretty, pretty, pretty bad. Ooh, yeah. Culture catch up then. This is culture catch up time. This is where we talk about what we've watched, what we've read, what we've listened to, and probably some other stuff. I'm starting today. Yeah. <laughs> So today I'm starting, I'm going to talk about a couple of movies and a couple of uh, new uh, releases and uh, a short film. A short film? A short animated film. 
Yeah. This isn't an art podcast, Alex. What are you talking about? No, it's nothing. I'm joking. Oh God, you just just want to put me off, don't you? All the time. This let's, isn't let's this isn't a Alex. pretentious podcast for 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 snobs. A short film. What was this podcast for then? It's for cool dudes that like proper just movies. Dudes. Yeah, it's just like for 24. dudes. So maybe we should just yeah, it's, talk about twenty. I'm gonna pivot. I'm gonna pivot. It's just gonna be a twenty-four recap podcast. Well, fine. So uh, this this is the last episode that you, uh, Alex is gonna be included in this podcast. So that's fine. I can do this you. on my own. I don't need you anymore. <laughs> That is no, so sorry, bad. go on. Tell me about your short film. No, I'm not going to talk about my short film yet. Don't tell me what to do. Tell me about that picture behind you of Charlie Chaplin. That's not Charlie Chaplin. That's a that's a geisha. <laughs> that looks like Charlie Chaplin. You look like you look. <laughs> do I? I wonder what I can salvage today from this recording. Okay, so um, I watched a film uh, directed by Amy Poehler called moxie and is a new release on uh, netflix and it's about this uh it's uh it's set in a high school which i love you know in mm-hmm. an american high school and um it's about this girl uh that um what in this high school there's there seems to be a lot of uh misogyny and a lot of um kind of uh inappropriate behavior going on uh uh, and uh, considered okay behavior or just annoying behavior, and um, the main character, who is uh, uh, Vivian, played by Hadley Robinson, um, she uh, she has had enough of this, and so she starts this uh, little uh, gorilla guerrilla uh, newspaper for girls and kind of uh, unites all uh, the girls of the school together and uh, against uh, you know the inequality and uh, in the school. So she's kind of inspired by her mother, who you who used to like um, uh, protest a lot against the patriarchy, and yeah, it was uh, it, it's good. Amy Poehler is in it, as well as the mother. Um, the only one, the only actors really I knew were uh, Patrick Schwarzenegger. I've never seen him in every, anything, but I know he's Arnold Schwarzenegger's son. Paddy Schwartz. And then uh, Nico Hiraga, who's also in Booksmart. Uh, oh, who's that? Who's that then in Booksmart? Because I've seen he's that. He's who, who? the guy that is. Um, I don't know who he is in Booksmart. I don't know. I can't remember his name. I just remember him in Booksmart. But I'll tell you who he okay, is in Booksmart. Tanner. Tanner in Booksmart. Which know? one's that? What does he do? Oh, he's one of the friends. I don't know. Just check it out. On okay, it doesn't matter then. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was. It was. It, it's. It's. It's a good film. Um, me watching it as an adult, maybe. Uh, like at the end, I was like, oh, this could have been a bit stronger. It could have. Had, but it, this is aimed at teenagers, 
And I think I think Amy Poehler did a good job because it's got is is light enough, but also has got some really good points about um, uh, how uh, beha- certain behaviors are being considered normal, but they're not normal. Um, boys, um, not all boys are terrible. Some boys are terrible. Some boys are good. Um, if a girl sleeps with a guy, she's not a whore. You know, all those kind of things. Uh, right. And I thought I thought it was good. Um, one 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 only thing that I I there's one complaint I have, and there's at the end the scene where uh, she uh, the the main character does this uh, guerrilla, um, uh, what's it called newspaper by um, secretly, and at the end she she comes out and she she says that she's done it, and um, there is a bit where one. Of, everybody kind of starts speaking up because one of the girls had had like something serious um, happen. And um, then another girl comes up and she goes like, oh, please don't, my my hair is not a weave. Don't ask me about my hair. Don't touch my hair. And I thought that was going to be, after that person, there's going to be more people coming coming up to the stage and talking about their experiences. But she chose only one person to do that and maybe it would have been good to have like more people more women or more boys and um coming coming up to the stage and saying what has happened to them and what mm. is not supposed to happen and what you know i think yeah but um i think that is the only complaint i have of the film i thought it was good um i think uh, if more films like these come out uh, without um, you know um, stereotyping girls and boys and everything, um, it's quite good. Cool. I think. Why yeah. is it called Did Moxie? It make... um, Moxie is a from uh, a American ad for like a, a like a drink, a soda drink, and it's uh. then from the soda drink, then it became like um like a saying uh you can do things even without um bravely you can do things if you got moxie oh i know that bravery yeah, yeah, yeah. determination energy or resolve or something like that i hope i made i hope it made sense what i just said but i think it's a good film it's good because it's got representation and it's a good film to see in 2020 because it's um you know the 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 conversation is this uh about you know representation about uh, equality about cool. gender about everything you know so i thought i thought it was it was good to see something like this that um kind of ticked the boxes but in a, in a, in a very um in a very good way i think yeah yeah cool. yeah it was good um and and then what else? There says an actress, Marsha Gray Harden, is in it as well as the principal. Oh, from the Mist and from First Wives Club and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she's so... she's great. Yeah, yeah. Does she does, she does she play Moxie? Well, she says Moxie. Does she? Yeah. You got a lot of Moxie, kid. <laughs> you got a lot of Moxie. Ah, oh, kid, you got a lot of Moxie. You Moxie, start a Moxie, newspaper. Moxie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so is it is it better than Mean Girls? Well, I like Mean Girls. What's wrong with Mean Girls? 
Nothing, but Amy Poehler wrote Mean Girls, so I was just c- comparing it to... Was it Amy Poehler that wrote Mean Girls? I thought it was um, Tina Fey. Oh, wait, hang on. Yes, it was Tina Fey. Amy Poehler is in Mean Girls. Yeah, Amy Poehler's the mum in Mean Girls. Yes. And Tina Fey wrote Mean Girls. Amy Poehler yes. does not write, has not written this film, but has directed it. Directed it. All right, okay. <laughs> is, it, is it better than Mean Girls? No. It's not completely oh. different. <laughs> no, it's the same. What are you talking about? It's not it's the same. The same. Uh, it's the, I've not seen it, but it's the same. Are you are you are you sure you want to record today? Because this is getting <laughs> annoying. <laughs> it's the same. It's the same. Sorry. Right, go on is then. The what same? was your next film? Oh my god, you you are breaking my balls today. That's a saying that we say in Italian. The it's next a, film I watched is a is a is a film uh, which is a is like a historical legal drama. Uh, and it's called ah. The Trial of the Chicago 7, another Netflix film. Uh, Netflix is releasing a lot of uh, films, I think, because nobody can go to the cinema. Is that, yeah, yeah, is yeah. yeah. This um, has just had a bunch of Oscar nominations as well, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it's got a great, it's got like a, an incredible cast. It's got uh, Yahya Abdul Martin II. I cannot say his name. Uh, I haven't seen him in anything else. I know his face because I think I've seen him in Oz. I think he's he's in Oz. Right. He's in um, Oz and uh, All Day and All Night, Candyman, The Matrix, Aquaman. Doesn't he play what uh, Doctor Manhattan in Watchmen? And he, pl- ah, that's where I, I thought I I'm was an like, idiot. I was in like, my head, I, I was like, I think guy. I know who he I is. I know this guy, and I went to see, and I was like, and I just only went on the film. Films, I, like, I, yeah, I, yeah. I must have seen it, so I've seen him somewhere, and I saw him. In, yeah, that's why I recognized him. Yeah, he's I a he is a phenomenal actor. He is phenomenal. So who he is, is wasted in, in the Aquaman movie? By the way. I haven't watched Aquaman. I have no intention you're, of watching you're, you're it. And fine. then, uh, so Yahya Abdul Mantin II, Sasha Baron Cohen, Daniel Flaherty, Joseph, Joseph Gordon Levitt, Michael Keaton, Frank Langella, uh, other people that I know, Eddie Redmayne. Uh, yes. So, <laughs> very good cast, amazing cast, um, and it's about uh, it follows the uh, the Chicago Seven, which was a a group of anti-Vietnam pro- uh, protesters, and it's about the trial uh, that um, they were in because they were charged with conspiracy uh, of uh, crossing state lines and inciting riots um, during the 1968 Democratic National Convention in Chicago. Um, uh, So the the Chicago 7 were 7, and then uh, Yahya Abdul-Mantin, which plays uh, uh, Black Panther, he was not part of the Chicago 7, but because Mm. he was black, they used him as um, kind of uh, against them in a way uh the trial was an utter it was shameful actually it was terrible and um it was um the judge was 
was against him from the start and um the things that were happening in that trial were awful and um it's 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 a it's a good film um i read it after it's not like historically accurate and like every film they not everything is yeah. in the right order yeah. but i f- i feel like we need to stop criticizing those things because at the end of the day a film is a film and we know it's a film <laughs> and so let's um the director has to make some choices to make the film effective so there's a scene at the end um where he reads all the people that have died in the Vietnam war um since the trial had started and um that that didn't happen at the end and people were like oh well, that didn't happen at the end but it's really effective at the end to kind of like to show yeah. how why they were there why they got tried yeah, yeah. why they went to protest um mm. and um it's interesting because this happened in 1968 and you know the police went against the the rioters uh and beat beat them up and everything and it's the same thing is happening in 2021 i don't know if you saw in bristol um people getting beaten mm. up in in protest for no reason and it's just like why why have we not got the right to protest why do we have to get beaten up by the police how is the police got the rights to beat up people i still don't understand and watching that last night following what's happening in bristol it's it's insane isn't it and uh and people are against the protesters but why are people protesting because they're not happy so in this case they were protesting against the vietnam war which was an illegal war who killed how many people 150,000 people like insane amount of people and they wouldn't they couldn't protest against this war and you know like it's it's a, I, i feel like the right to protest is a human right um because you know because if not you live in a in a dictatorship don't it's you certainly a police state but it was is a good film um it's 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 good enough that Sasha Baron Cohen's accent doesn't bother you too much because his accent <laughs> okay. goes a little bit um it goes a little bit in and out but well that's a, that's an oscar nominated accent alex so i think I'd, you should watch your tone well <laughs> i feel he's not oscar nominated because of his accent but i think he's oscar nominated cuz he's great in it okay like i feel like this is probably the first time that I've watched somebody butcher an accent and not mind. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Like the butcher. He's good enough, I feel. Like he's better than me, so I I, I can't get criticized, but usually that really annoys me, but I think he's so good in it that it doesn't matter what accent he has. Yeah. It doesn't matter because he's great in it. And, okay. uh, and and that's the thing maybe he hasn't butched the it's just because he's got uh, I think because at one point he had the bit of an Australian twang but also he's married to Isla Fisher who's Australian so I think I think he's got so many accents in his life and it's totally normal to kind of but I I, I thought it was good and um, I thought um, it's still relevant and so I think it's definitely a film to watch to kind of see that you know don't don't abolish the right to protest because it is important. And yeah, yeah, that was a good good film that I enjoyed. And then the short film I watched, I finally watched Bao. 
uh, the short animated film by um, oh, Pixar. The, the Pix- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, have you seen it? Uh, I think I might have watched it when it was sort of the first around. I don't remember. No, I'm pretty sure well, I've I- seen it. I've never watched it, and I was like, I saw it yesterday on Disney on Disney Plus, and it's so it was so weird to watch. And I just I started watching this little thing, and it's about um, it's it's a uh, it's an only seven minute short film, and it's about uh, it starts with this um, woman making bow, which is um, uh, bows, or which are these little uh, dumplings with uh, steamed dumplings with meat inside and then uh, this little bowel uh, comes to life and it's just a uh, and then she she looks after this bowel and she, the bowel grows up and then he leaves and and it's it's all about kind of uh, attachment and uh, people uh, you know your children growing up and leaving the house and I thought it was really lovely I thought it was super weird at the beginning uh, because at one point uh, she eats him, but uh, <laughs> I thought it was really sweet. So if anybody's got Disney Plus, def- and hasn't seen Bao, I think it's a, definitely a really nice film to watch. Uh, yeah. Short film to watch. It's only seven minutes. Yeah, it's really I lovely. Enjoying it. It's a bit of a. It's like a mother son type thing, right? Or yeah, like yeah. Growing, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, then um. I was on the internet uh, the other day and a Pitchfork article came out uh, saying that Justin Bieber released another album. And Ooh. I remember that uh, I really liked not the one before this one, Changes, the one that he released last year, but I really liked the one before, Promise, I think. Purpose, I think it was called. Purpose, not Promise. Uh, and in Por- on- Porpoise. 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 Purpose. He did an album and... about a dolphin. <laughs> Concept and, album. Um, oh, be quiet. And, no. <laughs> and um, it said that it was like the the first album Pitchfork thought that Justin Bieber was having a good time and it was great. It was a great album. So I listened to it and um, it's okay. It's not great. You know, when Pitchfork yeah. says something is great, you imagine you 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 know you want a masterpiece of an album, but um, yeah. no, it, it's it's okay. Like I feel I feel like Purpose is better. I don't remember many songs from this album, but I thought I thought it was interesting. It was good. He's uh, he's uh, growing up and he's got some uh, interesting songs. So if you wanna if you wanna uh, listen to an album that Pitchfork thinks is good, listen to Justin Bieber and then realize that. Pitchfork talks rubbish. I will. My main um, awareness of this album so far was reading about the French electronic uh, act Justice suing him for uh, stealing their logo. Oh, did he? Well, because on the album cover for his album, the T is like a cross, right? And that's the Justice logo is is Justice with the T being a cross. So, uh, oh, they're not happy with uh, old old Justy Biebs. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Is it just? It's just one of those albums that you know is Justin Bieber, and it, it, you go okay, and then nothing else seems matters. I don't know. I don't know. It's just yeah. fascinating that Pitchfork thinks that this is a is a good album, when yeah. there have been plenty of other albums that have been much better, and Pitchfork has just basically, you know. 
Not yeah, well, Pitchfork, Pitchfork review albums based on like how trendy the artist currently is. I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, they're they're ridiculous. Hmm. Anyway. But it, yeah. But yeah, it's not it's not a bad album. Uh, I've but I've heard better. Um, and then one thing uh, that I enjoy doing at the moment is uh, finding random things on my Spotify and um, finding new artists that I don't know about. Why are you holding mm. your? No, your... I'm not. I'm not trying to distract you. I'm just You're, listening you are to trying you. Trying to distract me. I'm focusing my energies on on a tulpa. Go on. Uh, so I listened to this artist that I never heard of before, uh, and um, uh, called Oscar Scheller. He's a British um, artist, uh, and uh, he released an album in January called "Boys uh, Cry," and apparently it is his third album. Um, I I listened to it once and I wasn't convinced, and I thought because we always talk about this. Uh, we all we always say you know you should listen to an album more times, and yeah, I listened yeah. to it about four times since uh, I you know since uh, Friday I think like a couple of days ago, and yeah. it's um it becomes better and better the more you listen to it. It's a, okay. a really interesting album. It's kind of like it's got a, lots of different genres in it, so a bit of indie pop, indie rock. There's some also some little a bit of like synth pop. Uh, and um, it's uh, it's it's good, and I think he said something about that is is about um, uh, is about but men being vulnerable and not caring about their vulnerability and uh, crying because you know anybody can cry, and uh, it's um, it's it's really really good. Like I would. I would definitely recommend it to listen a few times to enjoy it because it, it just becomes, the more you understand the album, the better it becomes. And um, and also a reading about him and talking about this album, kind of saying what I said before, that he, you know, talking about vulnerability. And um, let me just find what he said. Why? How come when I look him up on Wikipedia, it redirects me to Lily Allen's Wikipedia page? I have no idea because I could find very little information about him. Um, it was really strange, and he, this is his third album. Um, bizarre. Yeah. Lily Allen yeah. discography redirected. That's really weird. It's bizarre. Yeah, there's not much, so you have to kind of go and find it. But he said that um, he talks about his insecurity, traumas, uh, heartbreaks, and um, and. Uh, trying to like show male emotion and uh, and I enjoyed it yeah mm. it's uh, he's uh, uh, Oscar Scheller boys cry nice yes and that is it for my culture car trap lovely stuff thank you you're welcome um all right then so I've what got about you well, what about me? I've got some films, a TV show, and a video game to talk about this week. Nice. Yeah, nice. So let's get into it. So I watched a movie from 2015. It is a Polish horror musical film set in the 1980s called <laughs> The Lure. That's L-U-R-E. Uh, about two mermaids that come out of the sea and get a job in a nightclub. Awesome. Uh, singing. Um, 
it's I remember when it came out in 2015 and it got really good reviews and people were raving about it and I never got around to watching it and I finally got an opportunity to watch it recently and it's great it's like a proper musical the songs are really really good 80s inspired songs it's all sung in Polish obviously so I don't really know what the lyrics are as much because the subtitles didn't seem to uh, translate everything but the songs were great the choreography and the musical sequences are great these two the two Polish actresses that play the mermaids are really good the special effects are, or the prosthetics when they have the mermaid tails are really effective. And the story is really good. The story is sort of one of the mermaid sisters wants to do the aerial thing of getting human legs and falling in love with a, a human, etc. And the other one much more wants to be the horror movie version of a mermaid where they hunt men and eat, you know, seduce them with their singing and then eat them kind of thing. And uh, the movie is all about kind of the friction that is between the two sisters, you know, deciding how they want mm. to live their lives kind of thing uh it's brilliant it's a very very good film it was directed by a director called oh i'm not gonna be able to pronounce this name at all agnes <laughs> agnieszka smokzinska agnieszka smokzinska uh directed this movie and um it's brilliant and i look forward to watching any films that she has to watch in the future so the lure Sounds good. Is it scary? Um, it's not really scary. There's elements of violence in it, but not that much gore or anything like that. Uh, no, I wouldn't say it's that scary. I mean, it's described as a horror film, and it has the atmosphere at times of a horror film. But I wouldn't say it's trying to build up tension or dread in any way. Um, mm. I'd say. I mean, I think you could probably watch it and enjoy it, and you probably should check it out at some point. It's a, uh, it's a cool movie. Yeah, a, a horror, a Polish horror film about. Uh, musical mermaids it's cool stuff then ages ago ages and ages ago on this podcast i talked about um whistle and i'll come to you a ghost story for christmas from the late 60s mm. uh that i watched and loved and um on the back of that i brought a box set of other ghost stories for christmas that the bbc produced throughout the 1970s and this week i watched a couple of them i watched a warning to the curious which is very similar in its plot to whistle and i'll come to you it's about a man who goes to north norfolk coastline on holiday to search for a one of the mythical legendary east anglian crowns that are supposed to protect the uh, british coastline from attack and uh, in his okay. search for this crown he might um disturb some forces that would rather it be left in the ground if you see what i mean and that was a good film mm. good atmosphere nice and creepy really scary i think you can watch it on youtube so i'd recommend people check that out warning to the curious then i watched from a couple of years later like nine i think warning to the curious was 1972 i think this was 1974 um from the same director another mr james adaptation the ash tree which is a period drama it's about 35 minutes long about a man who comes to run a manor house in the countryside somewhere that has an ash tree growing in the grounds and it's got mm. something to do with witches as well. It was pretty rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> it sort of it was hard to discern what the plot was until eventually there's a sequence where a bunch of like spiders come out of this tree, but the spiders are like they have like that they look like somebody's taken you know um Toy Story, Sid, when he's got the doll's head on the on the on the spider's body. Mm. They kind of they kind of look like that. They look like baby doll heads attached to like spider legs and then being puppeted by someone. All come out of this tree and like attack somebody. It was pretty it probably best avoided, I'd say. But um <laughs> a warning to the curious, I really would recommend that one. That was really cool and interesting and different. 
Then last night I watched a film from 2020. This was the last film I watched uh, this week. Uh, it is a film written and directed and edited by David Pryor based on a graphic novel, and it's called The Empty Man. Uh, and it was a film that was dumped in the cinemas last year in the middle of the pandemic, went almost entirely unseen by anyone, made so little money that they didn't even bother releasing it on DVD, but they did eventually dump it onto like Prime Video and stuff to rent. And I read an article saying it was kind of a hidden cult, a potential cult classic in the making uh, that had been kind of lost due to the due to the pandemic. So I rented it on Amazon Prime Video and gave it a go and watched it. And um, it is a supernatural horror film about a a woman whose daughter disappears and her hus- her neighbour, who is a retired police officer, played by James Badge Dale, who... Uh, 24 fans will know as CTU agent Chase Edmonds from the third season of that show. Yes, please. Uh, he kind of takes on the case in a private investigative capacity looking for this uh, lady's missing daughter, finds out that they had been messing around with a local urban legend about the empty man, which is your classic kind of horror film setup of like, if you find a if you find an empty bottle on a bridge and blow into it and think about the empty man, then on the first night you'll hear him, on the second night you'll see him, and on the third night he'll find you. Um what? This I've, kind of I've, thing. I've never heard of that, but great. No, no, it's a made up. It's made up for the film. Obviously, it's not a real thing. I don't. Ah, know. okay. Sorry, sorry. But it's like that kind of <laughs> standard, crazy. like film, like teenagers talking about like uh, the Slender yeah. Man, or there's loads of movies that are based around like teenagers. A Candy Man is another one, that kind of thing. Mm. Um. So he finds out with the Empty Man. Uh, it's all connected with it. It's the. It's two hours and twenty minutes long. And it it's quite wide in its scope. He he uncovers a vast conspiracy all connected to this idea of the empty man. And there's like an institute that's kind of seems like a bit of a cult. Um, there's a there's an amazing sequence where he goes to kind of investigate them and finds this kind of bonfire ritual being done in the woods. And it's very similar to uh, Kill List, the uh, Ben Wheatley movie, which I I also love. Um, it opens with a 20 minute long prologue uh, that happens before with none of the main characters in it. It's just setting up the story. And uh, then when that prologue ends, the title card appears on screen, which I always appreciate a late title card in a film. I like that. So it's weird. It got bad reviews. It's got like a 50 something percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It made no money at all. But you know what? I really, really, really enjoyed it. I found it really effectively creepy and scary quite often throughout the entire movie. I thought the acting was was pretty good. James Badge Dale doesn't really get to star in movies very often. Doesn't really get to do much of anything very often, it seems. So I thought he held it together pretty well. It all goes very silly and bonkers by the end, but it's that kind of film where you're kind of expecting it to do that. And um, yeah, I, I, I think that it's a film that will pass almost everyone in the world by. And if you get an opportunity to check it out, you have to pay to rent it at the moment on Prime Video, but I'm certain it will pop up on, on uh, streaming services for free pretty soon. I can't imagine it's going to um, be that difficult to watch. Uh, so yeah, I, I really think that people should, should, should find it and check it out. It's got a good, good soundtrack, good score, just generally a, a well put together thing. So, check out The Empty Man. Sounds good. Yeah, yes, please. Right, now, that's my films. I've got a TV show I want to talk about, and I'm going to I'm gonna just pre- preface this by saying that this is one of the best TV shows I have seen in my entire life. I watched a, I watched a six-part BBC uh, dark comedy this week, and I loved it from the start of the first episode all the way through to the 
end of the sixth episode. And if anyone is what is listening who hasn't seen it, I would recommend it to pretty much anyone. It is a 2019 BBC One, or yeah, BBC One uh, dark comedy called Back to Life. And it was created by, written by, and stars an actress called Daisy Haggard, who has been turning up in bit parts in British comedies for about 20, more than 20 years, has never really had an opportunity to star in anything of her own, but has always done brilliant work whenever she's popped up in anything. And um, it's good to finally see her get an opportunity to kind of do her own thing. And given the chance to do her own thing, she's really risen to the occasion to create something that I think is brilliant. You will know her, Alex, as the voice of... um, the mum in that thing you like that's not very good. What is it? Greta? What's it called? I'm not even going to acknowledge that. <laughs> you can't just introduce something like, ah, oh, something that you like that is not very good. Sorry, no, that was rude. very rude. You're, that was very yeah, rude. rude. I, I said it, I, I said it in a, I said yeah. it in a panic because I couldn't remember the name of it. <laughs> uh, Hilda? Is Whatever. It called Hilda? Just carry on with your show no, by no, no, yourself no, 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 and watch no, no, things no, no, no. and talk about the stop things it, you Stop like. it, stop it, stop it. No, stop it. I'm sorry. I apologize. What What's it called? Is it called Hilda? Uh, it's called Hilda, yeah. Hilda. Okay, so she's you the voice bitter, of the mummy. bitter, old man. Oh, wow. I'm younger than you, so. <laughs> True. Um, sorry. Um, but sometimes you sound like a bitter, old man. Okay, no, I do apologize. Ah, yeah, so I panicked. She's in like Green Wing and like. Green Wing. And lots of stuff. Show. Loads yeah. of stuff. She she is in. Mm. If you've watched a British comedy in the past twenty years, you'll almost definitely recognise her face. Yeah. Um. So back to life is a drama, comedy drama about a woman who was sent to prison for murder when she was eighteen. Spends eighteen years in prison, uh, and is released at the start of the first episode. Moves back home with her parents in the same community she grew up in, and has to cope with. Um, trying to reintegrate back into life in a community that has turned against her due to her past, if you see what I mean. And Daisy Haggard came up, and it was also written by Laura Solon, I should say, who is um, a, a very talented comedian, um, and is uh, there behind the scenes, so they wrote it together. Daisy Haggard was inspired, I think I had an interview to write it, but she was thinking about how much more harshly society treats women who have done something wrong than men which I thought was interesting. Um, and the f- the series very much backs that up because like, the people she comes across who know who she is really, really, really dislike her and it's quite hard to, to watch at times. But um, it's, it's exactly my kind of thing because it's set in this sleepy seaside town somewhere down south in, of England. It's, it kind of is doing, it's doing the David Lynch thing of the setting being very mundane and very normal but then incredibly dark things happening just under the surface that people don't know about. Um, I won't. I don't want to spoil. I don't want to spoil any of those things. But it, it's a very dark show. Uh, some of the things that happen throughout it are really, really dark. But it's all done with an incredibly funny touch that makes it uh, incredibly watchable and compelling. The storyline running throughout the series is is brilliant. It's it, it avoids the pitfalls of um, often when you make a show starring somebody who's been accused of murder and gone to prison for murder, it's sort of 
it feels the need to be like, no, no, they're a good person, really. And actually, they didn't even really do the thing they were accused of doing. It sort of avoids that pitfall. It's very honest about this woman's past. Um, mm. And then, you know, looks into why what happened happened and that kind of thing. It's brilliant. It's genuinely fantastic. Um, Daisy Haggard is really good in it. Uh, Geraldine James and Richard Durden play her parents, uh, who are wonderful in it and have storylines of their own throughout. Adil Akhtar plays her neighbour, um, who she forms a friendship with. Uh, you, people might know him probably best from Four Lions. He appeared in that. He's very, very good mm. in it. It's just generally, it's brilliant. Like five stars. I loved it. I loved every second of every episode of it and would recommend it to anyone. And it's in, in the UK, it's on BritBox, Netflix, and the BBC iPlayer. So there's no excuse to not watch it. Um, Beautiful. Yeah. So, yeah. Check that out for sure that was back to life and then the last thing was a video game called dead by daylight which i'll talk about briefly because i've been playing quite a bit of that this week have you uh so hmm, let me say when i was growing up i liked uh why are you shaking your head no i was i was not i was i was shaking my head because i thought you were gonna say have you heard of it but i, I was oh, preempting right, no. that i haven't right. heard of it sorry that's fine that's fine so when i was growing up i played video games a lot um and mainly like side scrolling platforms like mario and sonic the hedgehog and stuff and he said mario the hedgehog then that's that's not right <laughs> then sometime in the mid 2000s when call of duty 4 modern warfare was released is kind of where i place it my memory Online multiplayer games became the big thing that people love. And since then, you know, you've had stuff like Fortnite that's taken over the world, Rocket League, all of these games. And I've never quite been able to enjoy any of them for a variety of reasons. One of them being I don't like losing very much. And people who are better than me at games and beat me, make, make I don't find that fun in any way. So like playing Call of Duty online and just getting murdered by people, not my idea of, of fun. Uh, secondly, I, I like to play video games on my time, not anyone else's time. So whenever I have a friend who's like, oh, we should hang out online and play something, I'm I'm always like, yeah, but I don't want I, to... I, I, like, I like to play a game for maybe 20 minutes and then I'll go off and do something else and then another 20 minutes later. I don't want to like do two hours of one game online with somebody. Do you see what I mean? Like I tend to find that... I'm, I'm an antisocial person, so I don't like... I don't like doing that. So, like, online video games have never been for me. But last week, I was on my PlayStation 5. I was looking at what was in the sale. Dead by Daylight was in the sale. Dead by Daylight is a horror-themed online multiplayer game. It's what is, a, it's what is known as an A... And you're getting your own back for when I had that metal mug. <laughs> I got rid of the metal mug. I don't use it anymore. Um, <laughs> it's what is known as an asymmetrical multiplayer game where you have a team of one person going up against a team of four people. One person plays as a sort of slasher movie-inspired killer or murderer, and the other four people play as like the teenagers or the survivors that you get in a, in a slasher movie, right? And in each match of Dead by Daylight, the killer's aim is to find the four survivors, knock them down, pick them up, and then hook them on these meat hooks that are dotted all over the map that you're in. Uh, and once you can, yeah, and if they get hooked on the meat hook, <laughs> somebody sounds, else can. That sounds awful. <laughs> you, you're like, like I'm an antisocial. You just you're awful. You just yeah. like awful things. Okay, somebody else can save them. Uh, <laughs> but if they get hooked on the meat hook, 
two or three times they will get taken away by like a kind of god, a uh, dark god called the entity in the game. And the aim of the killer is to sacrifice all four people to the entity, right? That's that's how they win the game, okay? The survivors have to escape from the map, but the doors to the map are shut and aren't powered on. And then you have to fix five. There are seven generators in each map. You have to go and find five of them and fix them. And to fix a generator, you just have to stay next to it and hold a button down while the generator fixes while you fix the generator. Um, and once you fix five of them, you can then go and open the door to escape and then escape. And I got it because it was cheap, and I've always kind of wanted to have a go on it and see what it's like. Um, and it's really fun. I it took me a few goes to survive a match. I mainly have been playing as one of the survivors trying to fix the generators and stuff. And it's the best thing I've ever played in a game to sort of simulate that feeling in a horror movie where the person is trying to escape and they know the killer is coming for them and they're coming and coming and coming because you're fit, you're here and you're fixing this generator and it's making more and more noise as it gets fixed and the killer can hear the noise. And as the killer approaches you, you'll hear a heartbeat getting louder and louder and louder until finally they're on you. And the killer can always run just slightly faster than the survivors. So if you're running away from the killer, you're always going to get caught. But there are things you can do, like if there's an obstacle in front of you, you can jump over it and you can always jump faster than the killer. You can knock down things to get in the killer's way and stuff like that. So you have ways of trying to survive. And I've just played it all week and it's the first time I've ever liked an online multiplayer game. I've really, really gotten into it. And they've <laughs> they've gotten really into doing like licensed um content for the game that you can buy to add to it so like you can download for example um michael myers from halloween you can get him as a character to play as you can get leatherface from the texas chainsaw massacre you can get him as a character to play as you can get freddy krueger you can get uh, by the way this... george while while he's saying <laughs> this is uh, is uh, showing me some funko pops of yeah. uh Jason and Leatherface. No, not Jason. I've got Jason, but he's not in the game. Because ah, who did you show me? Who did you show me? I showed me? you, you Michael, showed Myers. Me? So Michael, Michael Myers. Michael Myers. Yeah. Like I just Funko have these in front of my computers. My Michael Myers. Well. Michael Myers? Funko. Michael Myers, yeah, and Leatherface. Right. And the Funko Pop of Leatherface. How many Funko Pops have you got? Oh, I don't want to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We're getting into that. How many? No, load too many, like thirty more, more over, like probably sixty or something ridiculous. I don't know. It's stupid. Anyway, let's not get into that. Let's not get into it. I don't <laughs> like to think about it. Um, Why you're buying them? You, you should know, be proud of your Funko Pops. Some of them. I'm gonna start selling them. I'm gonna start with because I've got some that I bought years ago that I don't care about anymore, and I've still got all the boxes and stuff. So I'm gonna sell some of them. You make make some money. Anyway. Jason's not in the game because they did a Friday the 13th game uh, around the same time as Dead by Daylight, and that kind of flopped and isn't really a thing anymore because of licensing issues and stuff. And I remember play, trying to play that once and not even being able to find people online to play it, which is a pity because Jason would go really well in the game. But anyway, they've got Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger, Leatherface. There's even uh, the pig face person from the Saw films you can play as. Uh, what else? Uh... Stranger Things, there's a Stranger Things pack for it where you can play as the Demogorgon um, and a Silent Hill one as well, which is another video game I like a lot. So it's cool. It's really cool. I really recommend, you know, it, I, it's it's quite 
popular online. I've, I've watched a lot of YouTube videos about it this week, and there's definitely a lot of people playing it. Um, but it's not as popular as, say, something like Fortnite or, I don't know, Rocket League, Minecraft, all these things. So if you're listening to this and you like a bit of online multiplayer stuff, and you've never played Dead by Daylight, maybe check it out. Uh, and, uh, we No, we, we, we can't play together, because that's kind of what I like about Dead by Daylight, is it, it discourages... Uh, it doesn't have voice chat, I don't think, in the game and stuff. Like You can kind of play it on your own and still have a good time, which is what I've been doing. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Dead by Daylight. Big recommend from me. Uh, I really like it. It's a good game. Sounds? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds terrifying, actually. Yeah. I don't think I could do it. Like, no, uh, I like it. Just, I had my first much, match yesterday. Because I've, I've mainly played as a survivor, and I've played as the killer a couple of times and been really bad. But then yesterday I played as Leatherface and managed to kill all four other people in the map, and it felt pretty good to get a big win like that. I needed it. I really needed a win at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I really needed <laughs> I really needed a bit of a win. You um, did, had... George. Well done. I, I got it. I got a win. So Good my work, life is, George. My life you is managed better. to kill four people in a video game. Great yeah. job. Now all those other problems in the rest of my life don't matter because I won. No. No, because you are a winner, George. Yeah. <laughs> I won. You won. Well done. I won. Winner. Cool. I'm the best. Okay, cool. Time for a new feature oh yeah i forgot about that yeah george has decided to add a new feature a new feature called do i do i have to do i um do i uh join this feature yeah yeah yeah. what i'm gonna do because i've enjoyed our like, youtube I mean, episodes i mean do i have to contribute to this feature do you want me to like no you feel free well? feel free in the future or if you have something to add today you can do but you'll what i want to do is i want to bring you uh some youtube videos to watch and then i want to get your thoughts on them so i want to share a, a music video with you in in line with Ooh. our conversation last week for a new sing a new music video that came out this week that i think is like a pretty interesting, cool music video, or di a different music video, and I think it would be interesting to hear your take on it, okay? So, yeah. it, it's the new single by sort of avant-garde indie rock group Black Midi, okay? Yeah. And the single is called John L, and I'm going to send you the YouTube link to it now. I've got it. So, I'm going to press play when you press play. Okay, I'm pressing play now. Like, I already feel like we feel pretty strange today, and this is making me feel even stranger. So I'm watching, like, this surreal video of these people with, like, white afros? And um, a skin suit, a brown skin suit. Some of them have got white afros, not all of them. One has got white afro. No, a few of them has got have got white afros. Well, I think they've got, like... This weird orange skin suit and there's an eye and they're dancing some modern dance you're a strange guy George <laughs> like you always make me watch the strangest stuff <laughs> who's the singer well, is it a band yeah Black Midi 
Okay, so Black Midi is the band. Black Midi is the band, yeah. So it's whoever the Can lead I stop singer it is. Now? <laughs> if you want to. <laughs> like, do I have to watch it all to guess? <laughs> no, no, maybe just hang on. Skip to um, skip to four and a half minutes. Okay. Thank you. Okay, now it's quiet and they're in a desert and they're scared. And there's a baby. Are they all supposed to be babies? No, no, the baby's in the background, right? Yeah, yeah, no, I was wondering if the skin suits meant that they were babies. Oh, what well, that was fun. <laughs> what did you think of that song? I did not, not a like fan? that song. Not uh, a I fan of the song. song. Not a fan of the music video. Ah, oh, the music video is amazing. It's so weird. Sorry, Black Midi. Ah, uh, 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 yeah. I'm sure you're good. Okay. But okay. I don't enjoy this. I've got a shorter okay. video to show you next. Uh, it's the last video okay. for today's MyTube feature. I've just yeah. sent it so, to you on... Um, we've established that George just only likes weird stuff, and this was super weird. So if you want to watch something super weird, Black Midi, John L. And yeah, if you have a headache, don't watch it, because it makes it worse. Check out the uh, link in the show notes. So I've sent you the link to the next one on your Facebook. Okay, press play. John Cena, yes! Sorry. I love John Cena. Yeah, it's great. I Idris Elba, Viola Davis. So this is the new one. It is the reboot. Um, by the reboot, do you mean that it was, the other one was so bad that they're remaking another one to make it better? Sort of. It's in the same continuity because you've got Harley Quinn and, and Captain Boomerang and stuff, but it's sort of ignoring everything else from that first one. James Gunn, who made the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, is making this one. Is he? Oh, yeah. it's going to be good then. Who's that? Who's the who's the shark guy? Uh, the voice of the shark guy is Sylvester Stallone. Is it? Yes. He's called King Shark. Oh, that's the guy from the the thick of it. Peter Capaldi. Yes. A lot of people in this movie. Oh, you should eat a big bag of dicks. Go, Idris. Oh, Idris. <laughs> I hope the funny jokes are not just in a trailer. I really hope it's going to be good because the trailer looks good. Like, right? I would like to watch this. It looks yeah. the trailer's better than the trailers were for the for the um for the first Suicide Squad movie. So the signs are good well, so had, far. Like, I had no interest in watching the first Suicide Squad movie at yeah, all, it's bad, and I I, I would like to watch this. So positive on that one. I'm positive. I'm glad you made me watch it. I hope. I hope I can. I hope I. I like it because I. I'll, I'll. You know. I. You. You know. It'd be nice to do make another a franchise that's kind of, um, a a rival to Marvel to have yeah. like a good kind of like different. But it just. I. I haven't been. Well, I haven't really watched them because I haven't been really interested in them. But I think this looks good. James Gunn yeah. is good. So James James I, Gunn, Guardian, John Cena, Guardians of Elba. the Galaxy is like my fav like one of my favorites. So Yeah. Uh it looks it looks good, you know? And I love when people swear, so <laughs> there was a good swearing moment there. So yeah. Yeah, you you got a shark man ripping somebody in half in that trailer as well. I mean, yeah, it's pretty pretty like, good stuff. Know. Yeah. Yeah, when is it out? It's out August this year, summer. So, so the Joker's not back. 
Don't think uh, so. Will Don't Smith think they're bothering with the Joker. Will Smith's not getting involved this time. I think pretty much from that first movie, it. I can't think of much more than Harley. Oh, Harley Quinn and Captain Boomerang. Who? Uh, Jai Courtney, who was who was really good in that first one. So, oh, I thought he was one did, of the few highlights. So, uh, yeah, hopefully. So, did they realise that the Suicide Squad was bad? Well, I mean, the fact that everyone hated it and it didn't make much money uh, mm. probably was a, a sign. Mm. Yeah, I guess so. But it's amazing that the, 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 the good thing is, is the perseverance is still trying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, because I, I think they probably, once they managed to get James Gunn interested in making it, I think, because um, he got fired from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and I think that was when Warner Brothers swooped in and asked him to do Suicide Squad. Why did he get and fired? Then, Oh, I don't want to get into it. It was a whole load of Twitter nonsense. Um, but then he got reinstated as to be making the next... So now he's going to make Guardians of the Galaxy 3, but we've had to wait for it because in the meantime, he's been making the Suicide Squad film. So interesting oh. stuff, and I'm excited to... Uh, I'm really excited to see it. I think it looks great. Same. Yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be good. Also, I love Margot, so... Yeah. yeah, of course. Cool. All right, let's get into homework then. Sit down at the back. And be quiet and get out your book because it's time to discuss your homework. Homework time! So, for homework, it was a free homework this week because we watched uh, uh, videos last week. Uh, and you asked me to watch uh, I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson. Mm -hmm. It's a, a sketch show uh, on Netflix and it stars Tim Robinson, but um, who also created the show mm. and uh, wrote and produced and blah, blah, blah. And But also uh, there are... There are cameos. It's a proper sketch show because they're kind of like cameos from like big actors yeah, there's or loads big of people, comedians. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the first episode uh, starts <laughs> in the most George, well, something that you would enjoy the most, like oh, a yeah. guy <laughs> shouting at the TV. <laughs> like this lawyer guy. Kind of remind me a bit of like Saul from uh, Breaking Bad and Better oh, yeah, Call Saul, yeah, yeah. Uh, doing a commercial uh, about, uh, has this ever happened to you? And he just just starts like really normal. And then the it just escalates of like, you know, um, the, the people coming to your house. Uh, I think it, it starts with like, has this ever happened to you? And it starts of um, builders coming to your house. So people are like, oh, yeah. And then it escalates to the builders like taking and he just loves saying mud pies instead of like. <laughs> yeah, mud <laughs> pies says... is a good repeated joke in that. Yeah. <laughs> Replacing uh, your toilet mud... with a joke toilet that's only for farts. Yeah. And yeah. And then that's it. And then it was just like, oh, yeah, this is definitely like up of. Uh, like right in George's alley and uh it's funny it's really funny I really enjoyed it and like Stephen Young is in the first episode Yun that is Yun. one of the best sketches as well <laughs> it's just like this sketch with Stephen Young I hope it's Stephen Young who's Stephen Young is, yeah, he, yeah he's like nominated for an Oscar now for Mirai yeah. <laughs> the first Asian American to be nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, but he used too small a slice. Yeah, but yeah, so this is like 
he's like a big actor and he's in this sketch show <laughs> where, you know, he <laughs> he's at a birthday party. And the, the, the thing about this sketch is it escalates. It just starts pretty normally, yeah. every scene. And then it just escalates into just like absolute madness. And um, he, he got, he, and he's at a birthday party and he's... Um, Stephen Young's birthday party and the people keep saying, have you liked my present? And then uh, and then he says, yes. So so give me the gift certificate, this gift receipt back. And then he eats it and then he, and he feels sick. And he's like, oh, you haven't used enough toilet paper after you, you dumped a, uh, um, a mud pie. It's like, oh, it's insane. Yeah. It's an my insane... Favorite... My favourite part of that sketch is where he's like, well, you, you feel sick because you ate the receipt. And he, he shouts, no, I eat paper all the time. What I don't make a habit of doing is eating mud pie. <laughs> I just always think of that. I eat paper oh. all the time. And then, yeah, and then there's the one with a whoopee cushion, I think is episode three or something. There's a guy with a whoopee cushion and he goes oh, mad. Yeah. He's like, why is this supposed to be funny? If I actually farted, you'd be all vomiting by now. Yeah, so it's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is that the joke that I farted and you're not vomiting? <laughs> it, like, I had some proper laugh out loud moments. And uh, oh, the one, the one where... They're in the restaurant and they're tagging each other on Instagram. Oh, yeah. And one of them calls the other one dumb, dumb. And the other one calls them, you know, uh, idiots. And then and then the third one just goes way over the top. It's yeah. insane. It's like, if but, I know, die, just throw me out in the street. or. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, uh, it's also, it's also like the producers are also like the, um, the Andy Samberg... Uh, Akiva Schaffer and Yorma Takon from uh, Lonely Island. Um, what's it called? The Lonely Island. Yeah, yeah So yeah. I thought there was some interesting. There's also like, I don't know, some interesting. I felt like Tim Robinson kind of reminded me a bit of Adam Sandberg, just like his fa facial expressions. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. There's that. Well, there's that good uh, sketch that Andy Sandberg's in with the uh, game show. And I haven't chunky. seen that one yet. Oh, have you not that's, seen that one? Uh, that's the last two episodes, which I haven't watched yet. Because I watched like four episodes nonstop. I was like, Alex, you need to stop watching it because you can't just right. watch like... And, but yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I'm glad I watched it because it's like a proper, like short, funny, bizarre sketch show. Like the, the so sketch much. with the Harley Davidson. Oh. Oh, the the motorbike, the motorbike. Not the Harley Davidson. Yeah. Well, they they like the the angels. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The Hell's That's Angels. And it's just so random. This guy just looks at like, oh, there's a motorbike. Oh, Whoa. there's a there's a there's a clothes motorbike, and then it just goes, and then it brings all these Hell's Angels down. What? Yeah. It makes no sense. But I I enjoyed it. I I thought I thought it was good. So yeah, so thank you for the wreck. Two two sketches I want to just get you a quick opinion on what because they're two of my favourites. Uh, the baby of the year sketch. Oh my goodness, that was so. <laughs> I think that's my favourite. I can't believe I forgot. Yeah, because I I I should have written it down. That is so funny. That is so funny. What is? It? And the names <laughs> of the babies, and and then there's a eulogy of the old babies. 
It's that is so good. Yeah. And like, the in memoriam then... doesn't normally say how they died. <laughs> yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah, the... that was that's one of the best sketches. It's yeah. brilliant. And it's one of the few that Tim Robinson's not even in. I don't think he's even in that sketch, but it's just so no. funny. <laughs> um that's always been one of my favorites in it. And then a sketch that I didn't Actually, no, two more sketches very quickly. A sketch that I didn't like that much the first time I watched it, but I'm, when I rewatched the series recently, was probably my favourite, is the one where the guy, they're in a restaurant, and he sees a guy he really respects, and then he starts choking on his food and won't admit that he's choking because the guy's there that he likes. Did you see that sketch? No, I haven't seen that one. Oh, I don't think that's in the last episode. But you just remind you just reminded me of a sketch that I really enjoyed. Yeah. Where he has a job interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it goes, it opens both ways. Oh, that's the very the first op- sketch of the whole thing. Yeah, it opens yeah. the both. The, the door opens both ways. He's just <laughs> it just breaks the door. <laughs> yeah. Have you um? Uh, what about the the hot dog car sketch? Did you see that one? No. Okay. No, and uh, the 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 um the one where the guy flips the bottle, the weird guy flips the bottle, yeah. and he's like, "Now yeah. you have to marry your mother-in-law." Yeah. A good a steering wheel that doesn't fly off when you're driving the car. That was good. And yeah. the one with the baby, the like the the airplane. Oh, the, gu- the guy yeah. wants revenge on the yeah, baby. Yeah. That's yeah. Will. That's and that's a big cameo. That's Will Forte from um, yeah, loads of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and the and the the funeral with the uh, is um, Fred Willard, and he's uh, oh he's god, the, um, that one is he's too the much. Um, organ player. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's just smashing the plates and stuff. Oh. Yeah, and it's good. It's a good sketch comedy. So I broadly, really it. a recommendation. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I don't think good. it will be for everyone. Um, no, no, but it's. I enjoy I think it's, it because I, I probably would love watching it with you. I think it'd be funny to watch it like with you. Uh, I, 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 I rewatch it quite often because it, it's it's one of my favorite comedies. I love it so much, yeah, and it's so there's, yeah. like the whole thing is like ninety minutes long or something. It's not that long, um, but, but the second so series should be out sometime this year. So I'm really looking forward to that. My homework was to watch the Michaela Cole um, project. From 2019 or 2020? 20... There's a strange noise on your end, I think. You sure? Could it be? Yeah. Uh, No anymore. Okay. 2020. The 2020 BBC slash HBO production... I May Destroy You, created, written, and starring Michaela Cole, who regular listeners will know as one of Alex's favourite actors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 12 episodes long, uh, but they're all half an hour. I thought they were hour-long episodes, so... Um, yeah, they're not very long. No, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, half hour long, 12, hour, 12 episodes of half an hour long. I had, so I had only seen, I had I had accidentally seen about five minutes of this when it was first on, and I thought, no, I don't want to say that. Where am I going? 
I don't know. All right. First of all, overall, I liked I May Destroy You. So don't take offense at anything I say okay. <laughs> broadly, because I did like it. But when I when I accidentally saw part of an episode when it was first airing, I thought that I was watching an episode of EastEnders for a while. And then when I saw okay. and checked what it was, I was like, oh, this is that Michaela Cole thing. I thought this was different from this. And I'm really glad that I watched all 12 episodes before we recorded today, because I mm. think I wasn't totally sold on it until like literally the last episode or the last couple of episodes because it's Mm. really i thought that it was my sort of preconception of it was that it was like a drama about michaela cole's character arabella and a sexual assault that happens to her and i thought that was kind of like i thought it was forensically gonna go through that case if you see what i mean Mm. but the actual The actual scope of it, and the reason why I thought I was watching EastEnders when I saw it briefly, was that it's sort of, that's the spine of the show, is this event uh, that happens to Arabella. But the actual scope is so much wider and broader than that. Like, it incorporates um, her friends and the people around her, and you kind of get a real idea for their lives as well as Arabella's life, which is is overall a good thing. it stars, so as well as Michaela Cole, it stars Weruke Opia as her best friend, Terry Pratchard, who's a, a kind of an act an actress. And mm. Papa Esiadu as Kwame, her other best yeah. friend, who is... Um, I don't know if you ever find out what his job is. Or what he... Um, he's... Um... He does. He does the dance, dance yoga. Oh yes, yes, he does. He does. He's like a fitness. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so they're kind of the three main characters, and then there's a, there's a, you know, it's twelve. Over the course of twelve episodes, so much happens that there's so many other characters that kind of come and go throughout it. But they're sort of the main trio that it follows, and it's really interesting. Um, like Michaela Cole, Michaela Cole's character Arabella is is a really complex character. You don't necessarily yeah. go through the whole 12 episodes sympathising with her the entire time. Obviously, you sympathise no. or empathise with her for what happens to her, which is un- un- unforgivable yeah. crime. But some of the behaviours and actions that she takes, not necessarily connected to that throughout the series, like there were episodes where I didn't really like her very much. Particularly, there's an episode, that, there's an episode that really focuses in on her social media use where she kind of becomes a bit unlikable and she sort of throws her friends away a little bit. Would you agree? How would you would you would you say so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um and I was a bit unsh- and like there were, there were episodes I liked more than other episodes. I think in particular the episode that came closest to losing me was uh there's one that has an extended flashback to her time in school. Yeah. And I wasn't convinced by the young actors playing the uh the school children in that episode i found that one a bit i don't know yeah that wasn't my favorite episode you're, of the series. you're very strange with like young actors and and um you're very like particular with young actors and flashbacks like every time there's a young actors you're like oh, i'm not sure i'm convinced why it's, when it's else interesting. have i done that Bugsy Malone, uh, flashbacks in 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 uh, you don't really like 
Um, you're not convinced about the acting in um, uh, what's it called? Um, Northern Lights. His Dark Materials. You're not convinced about the child acting in the. Oh dark yeah, but I, I don't think I gave that enough you, of a chance. Flash, I wouldn't, sta- you spoke I wouldn't about stand by flashbacks. That. A while back that you were not convinced about those. Like you you very you know, when they're young actors, you're very like um strong in your opinion. Maybe. I don't think that's totally fair. Like I, I love Stranger Things, for example, and other other shows with with young actors in. But mm-hmm. um yeah, that episode of I May Destroy You wasn't my favourite episode. But overall, it, it I, I I watched it all the way through. It never did what I expected it to do, if that makes sense, yeah. which is, I think, to its credit, it managed. It was really sort of confounding throughout the entire run of it. Um, I never knew mm. where it was going to go next. It went into so many different places and directions. It, it, it Over the course of the series, particularly amongst the three main characters, it explores so many different kind of really current issues around sexual assault and different forms of sexual assault. Yeah, and it never provides any easy answers to any of the events or questions, particularly um, in relation to the Kwame character, who really goes through yeah some horrible experiences, and it really kind of shines a light on how society is not equipped to support men, uh, as particular. Um, I don't know if particularly gay men, but Kwame is gay, is gay in the show. But it, society is not equipped to support men when events like this happen to them, um, and it's it's kind of it's kind of heartbreaking his character. So I watched yeah. the whole series a bit like never sure where it was going to go, not sure what it was going to do, kind of perplexed by Arabella. Um, you know, she does yeah. that, that that episode of the social media stuff where she kind of be- mm. gets really invested in, um, she looks up doxing and, you know, all these kinds of things and sort of really goes all in on being a sort of social media warrior, mm. which is fine to be kind of, you know, uh, outspoken on social media, but like at the, ex- she does it at the expense of her own friendships. She yeah. starts to let those uh, sort of go away, which is really mm. sort of like, Ah, you're like, don't. What are you doing? And then the episode where there's an episode where she returns to Italy, um, and that's like really like, what are you doing? Like, why are you doing these things? Do you know what I mean? What I like about it is that I feel it's a pretty truthful portrayal of a person, a person yes. that, and that's and that's what I like because she's flawed. They're all flawed. Like yeah. every human being, uh, they all make mistakes. They all put themselves in situations that are considered dangerous, but at the same time, they're situations that people, you know, you, you it's normal to be in. Mm, and mm. Uh, they have um, the thing is about what they show how uh, Arabella's sexual assault uh, was dealt with and that was in a really positive way however that doesn't always happen with women like is not always as positive as that a lot of the times even women have the same treatment as what he the what Kwame had so Mm. I I what I what I what I appreciate is that they showed the both sides of how how people how the police deals with sexual assault yeah sometimes it's okay sometimes it's not okay yeah yeah, um, yeah. 
how sexual assault has different faces. I thought that was interesting. Mm. Um, and how they are 20-year-olds, uh, nearly 30-year-olds that do silly stuff and and it's normal. And what Arabella does, it's some... Uh, but but uh, what I liked is like, I've had friends and I've probably been like had moments where people have not liked what I've said or done or the path I went through go through but then you go back and reassess and that's what she does yeah 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 and you realize what it is important yeah so um I watched I watched I watched it all the way through liking it but being a bit perplexed by it and then yesterday I watched the last two episodes and the second to last episode is pretty good it ends on a sort of cliffhanger, and I was like, oh, I'll watch the last one now and, and see it. And the last episode is 35 minutes of absolute genius-level filmmaking on the part of Michaela Cole, who wrote it, whoever directed it. The whole thing is 35 minutes of absolute perfection, and it is so smart and clever, and it wraps itself up perfectly. And then the very... I mean, I'm glad today we're talking about final shots because the final shot, the absolute final shot, means nothing and everything at the same time. And it is gorgeous and perfect. Mm. And she is mm. incredible for having the courage to end the entire series the way she does. I think it's mm. amazing. Yeah. And what went from being a show that I was like, I can see why Alex likes this, and I'm enjoying it as a drama but I'll probably not think about it much once it's finished. That was like 10, 11 episodes. And then the 12th episode, I was like, this is so good. And you couldn't do it without mm. what, everything that came before. Like it, suddenly it all comes together as one piece of work yeah. and is yeah. so clever. So yeah, that, that, that final episode, I'm so glad I watched it before we recorded rather than set, you know, talking about it without having seen the full piece. You need to see all mm. of it to really appreciate it. I think with I May, yeah. I May Destroy You. Um, yeah, and I, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Her housemate, the guy who's not in it that much, is he meant to be agoraphobic, or is that just? No, I think, I think it's just one of those people that. Well, he's a stoner anyway, so he likes smoking weed and staying indoors. But I think it's just one of what he doesn't. You know, sometimes you, you live with people that you don't really know mm. in certain situations. And I think that's the kind of people that he has. She has nothing in common with him. She just lives with him because right. they have a. And I feel he is there for just the right amount of time for somebody that's completely detached from her. Yeah. So I feel like that he, you only see him in the house because that's the only time that she sees him in the house. Yeah, because they're only housemates. So I, th I no, felt I, that that was his role. So I, I, thought, I think he does go out. But I, I thought that <laughs> up until her. it's just it's just in that very last episode they have that repeated moment where he says, "You know me, I don't go out much," and I didn't know if it was a reference to, um, that he never oh, leaves maybe. the house or something. Yeah, but also you know, I don't go out much now. <laughs> sure, uh, I think my favorite actor in it was uh Weruke Opia uh, who played um Terry Yeah yeah Terry the friend. I, I I thought she was yeah. amazing in it I really liked her So yeah, yeah. 
Good nice. recommendation. Good homework. Thank you Good. very much. I'm glad. I'm glad you liked it. I preferred <laughs> it to I preferred it to chewing gum. Okay. Just it's definitely different. Yeah. I liked chewing gum. Yeah. I didn't dislike chewing gum, but I thought this was a, like a step up for her. Yeah, yeah. She's she's amazing. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Keep doing what you're doing, Michaela Cole. Five, four, three, two, one. Our top five. Sounds like you had a really good time doing this list, so I'm excited. Yeah, I to hear had it. a fantastic time making this list. Really, really great. And you know, um, uh, uh yeah. <laughs> so, um. I, I'm, I don't know. I'm not happy. Like, I'm happy with the <laughs> films I've chosen because, of course, <laughs> why are you laughing at me? Just because I'm not happy. No, I'm not happy. Like, I'm happy of the films I've chosen because I think they all have really good final shots. However, I feel like maybe there are final shots that I like more. I don't know. I just... Well, there's not I... necessarily a resource for finding them all, is there? So it's a bit of a tricky one to do. Yeah, yeah, and I've had I've had final shots where I was like, yeah, amazing, and then I completely forgotten about him. So it's mm. been, there was a lot of research, and I'm I'm not entirely happy with my list just because I feel like maybe I've liked others more, but maybe I haven't. I don't know. Yeah, these are the and ones that the came to mind for you or that you put put down. So, mm? sorry, these are the ones that came to mind. I guess so. They must yeah. be important in some way. Yeah, yeah. Well, these are the ones that I thought of, and I, I, I was like, yeah. And then, but then I thought, oh, but I've watched so many films, and maybe there's some better ones. And mine are mainly like, not they're all. Then none of them are comedies. Oh, mine are all the same genre. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, let's start with a list. Okay. Okay. So my uh, number five is the final shot from a film that I watched with you. And this was the first shot that this first one I put in my list because I'll always remember it. And this uh, final shot is from the film. Shall we say the film first or should we say the final shot? Well, I didn't know. Are you going to because obviously I don't I don't know about spoilers and things. I was going to sort of talk around a bit about like why yeah, I like the final shot, but without necessarily yes. really yes. specifying. So should I say the film? Yeah, 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 I'd say the film. So my final shot is from the film The Mist. Nice. The night, the 2007 science fiction horror film based on the Stephen King's novella the mist so um this film is about i think we talked about it before but um Probably. there's a mist going uh there's a in in this um uh in this place i don't know in america so in, in a, well it's in based a, on a stephen king so in... it's probably maine so in a town in Maine, in the United States, this mist uh, comes down and there's horrible things in the mist. Uh, and is uh, the film is set in a supermarket and uh, it's pretty crazy. Well, it does the zombie movie thing, doesn't it? Of having like, there are monsters, but the true... The true hook yeah, of the film monsters, and the true monsters but the are true the, monsters the people. Are humans. Yeah. 
So these people get trapped in the supermarket. They can't go outside because there are things in the mist that will kill them. So a a sort of mini society develops within the people in the supermarket. And uh, it's all about the sort of struggle for power in this community. Struggle for power. Mm. Uh, And then uh, five of these people, one of the main characters, his son, and three people that he meets in the supermarkets managed to escape... And um, what happens in the so what happens before the final shot is uh, something pretty atrocious, uh, like an atrocious thing happens and it's, it's pretty like heart wrenching. And if that had been the final shot, that would have been also my final shot. Mm. But after the heart wrenching thing happens, oh yeah, um, then the mist kind of you know comes up and then. And then the shot of that is just so like it makes it makes it look so you feel so helpless in that shot because something really bad has happened because and then and then the camera pans out and then the last shot is just the military coming in and saving the world. And you go, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. But if that had happened, like. Just a few seconds before, you know, just a few moments before. And I don't know, it's just, it just, for me, is that final shot is made for be, because of what happened before the final shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. And, it really, and, like, undercuts uh, you and, like, you're, you're already devastated yeah. and then it just... You're devastated by what happens before. Yeah. And then having, having, like the moment where you're supposed to be elated because the military's there supposed to help, you feel like real crap. You're like, oh, no. <laughs> I just never, I was just like, ah. And you just want to rewind. You just want to rewind and say, no, don't, don't, no. And I think that's why I like that shot so much because you just, you're supposed to feel happy and you don't. Well, you're supposed to feel like relieved, not happy, relieved, mm. and you don't feel relieved at all. You feel, no. you feel empty and uh, what's the word? Powerless. Yeah, and sort I think of hopeless. That's, yeah, hopeless. Yeah. yeah, powerless, hopeless, everything, and and that's the last shot of the film, and then and then you go, oh, and I I I I have. Yeah, I I find I found that really interesting. Yeah, so that's why that's my final my my number five. It's a good good shout, and also different from but, Stephen King's own ending, and he prefers the film yes, version. He said, and he liked. I saw an interview today, and he liked the the ending, mm-hmm. which is amazing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and the, I I know you always say that you well. You can watch it either in black and white or in color. I'm so glad we watched it in black and white because today I watched the scenes in color and I was like, oh no, 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 that wouldn't work in color. It doesn't work in color. It's like, not black as effective. It, it's a film that works no. best in black and white for sure. Yeah. 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 Cool. What's your number five, G? Well, my number. So my list. This was the most trouble I've ever had putting together a top five because there was so many. <laughs> like I had a top five, and then I was going through the notes up on my phone, phone, and found an old list I made, and I was like, "Oh, this changes everything. I have to t- think about all these movies now." <laughs> um, so for the yeah. longest time, my number five spot was the masterpiece from Ryan Johnson, *Knives Out*, which I love, but I had to take it off for a film that isn't as good, but I think has a better final shot, ultimately. Mm. 
Uh, and I've gone for the 2013 black comedy thriller film directed by E.L. Katz. It's his directorial debut. It's called Cheap Frills. Cheap Thrills. Cheap Thrills. It is a movie starring, um, and again, it stars Pat Healy and Sarah Paxton, who coincidentally are two actors that starred in a film called The Innkeepers, which also was almost on my list and is instead at the top of my honorable mentions. Um, mm. But Pat Healy plays a guy who he has a wife and daughter. He's struggling to make ends meet. He gets fired from his job, doesn't want to go home and tell his wife, so instead goes out drinking, bumps into an old friend that he hasn't seen in years, and they start having kind of a wild night together, and they go to a bar where they meet up with um, David Keckner, who is an actor who he, he's in. Have you, you've seen Anchorman, haven't you? Yeah. He's the sports guy in Anchorman. Yeah. You know, kind of, yeah, he's mm. him. So he plays a really rich guy who's out in this bar with his young wife, played by Sarah Paxton, and they start daring um, Pat Healy and his friends to do things for money. Uh, and it starts mm. with, I can't remember what the first dare is, but it's something as simple as like going up to somebody and, and um, slapping them on the back, on the bum or something like that, mm. on, on the bum. Uh, and then it escalates, obviously, and they end up going back to David Keckner's house and it escalates and it kind of gets wilder and crazier with these things and the amounts of money that he's offering to pay them to do these different things kind of increase and go up as well. Uh, like I think there's a point where he has to go into the neighbor's garden and do a poo on their lawn and it, it escalates and escalates and escalates <laughs> and gets crazier and crazier and yeah. crazier. And then eventually um, it ends, the ending of the movie, and I don't want to spoil it too much because you haven't seen it, No. but it, it ends with this kind of like the char- one of the characters who has survived this ordeal is back at their house and their wife walks in on them and it's and it you see the vision of her like it's like her point of view looking at him and he's covered in blood and she's obviously she has no idea what he's been doing it's just like this sudden like what i love about it is the way it suddenly returns you to earth of like you've you've gone up and up and up and up and these scenarios have gone crazier and crazier and it's kind of become yeah. the norm and then suddenly at the mm. end of the movie it's like oh no this is insane what's happened and then the title of the film appears over the screen and then it ends and it's just this perfect moment of like right at the very end just like pulling you all the way back to down to earth and reminding you mm. of how and it just makes you immediately remember how crazy all the stuff has been and how exceptionally mad it's all all gotten, and then yeah, it just ends, and it's this perfect beat to finish the movie on. And um, I remember the first time I watched the movie, I liked it, but then again, that ending, and the fact the title card comes up, like the the title of the movie appears over this mad image, and then it just finishes. Mm. It's perfect. It's perfect. Nobody says anything. It just sort of finishes. It's so it's wonderful. So yeah, uh, cheap frills from twenty thirteen. That's my number five spot. Nice. Nice. Like and I'd it. Re- recommend it to anyone. Cool. So, my number four. Yeah. Uh, my number four is the last shot from a found footage supernatural Ooh. horror Ooh. film. Ah. The Blair Witch Project. Yes, please. Uh, yeah, so I don't watch many horror films, so I think probably, I don't know, I but this this scene, I'll always remember it, and I, I think it's pretty effective as a last scene. So um, The Blair Witch Project is about, um, it's a found footage film uh, about 
these free university students that go in the woods uh, where um, there's a lo local legend uh, known as the Blair Witch. Uh, they disappear, but they find the footage. <gasps> the footage. So the footage starts all nicely and, uh, you know, they're in the woods and there's some weird stuff happening and it kind of escalates a little bit more with noises and in the dark, you know, one of the scenes in the film is where they, they hear a noise and they're in the tent. Do you remember that scene? And then they run out and it's yeah, just yeah, all yeah. dark and they just yeah. run and it's like, oh my God, just go back and just, <laughs> yeah. And, um, and then uh, they, the last, so it's usually, it's all in the woods, but the last scene, uh, one, of, one of them disappears, one of the three. Um, and then uh, and they, they look for the person, I think after that night where they run off. And then uh, the last scene, um, they're in, in the last scenes, they're in the house and they're looking and some the stuff is happening. You don't know what's happening and it's all very like crazy and you go, what? And then the last scene happens and you go, oh, and it's um, terrifying. Mm -hmm. Do you remember the last scene? I do, I do. The very last moment is the uh, the corner, right? The corner, the corner, and I just I can still see it now. It's just that it will it will always be imprinted, and I think if if a last scene can be that imprinted in your head, like mm. that is one of the best, uh, because it's such a, you know, um, it kind of works up to that moment, and yeah. then that moment happens, and you go, oh real it's, and uh, yeah yeah it's brilliant because it it doesn't require any special effects at all no it's just somebody no. doing something that they just wouldn't be doing in that scenario unless some force is for making them do it so it's it immediately is terrifying because it's so out of place yeah. and, and isn't right yeah and it also yeah. calls back to a moment right at the beginning of the movie where somebody mentions this thing and it, yeah by that time by the by, the ending of the film, you've totally forgotten that that was ever mentioned yeah. at all. But it was, and it sets and it, it up happens. perfectly. Yeah, it's it's yeah. so great, and it's a masterclass in like building tension and terror with like no money at all. It's it's yeah, yeah it's great. Absolutely, yeah. And I watched that film at the cinema, and I was just. <laughs> I'd love to Crazy. have seen that with you at the cinema. But no, I think I think it's a great final shot. I think it ends the movie, the film, and it's uh, terrifying. And no, you're, um, you're I still can see it now. And I've seen that film once, only once, and I'll always remember that scene. And I That's think impressive. It's... Yeah. But yeah, my number four is The Blair Witcher Project. Such What's your number four? Choice. My number four is um, from 2014, just one year after my number five. <laughs> uh, it's a thriller directed by Adam Wingard and stars Dan Stevens off of uh, loads of stuff, but Downton Abbey, I suppose, is best known from, and Micah Munro, and it is The Guest, which I can't remember if you've seen The Guest or not. I'm not sure. I'm going to check. It's, um, yeah. it's Adam Wingard and Simon Barrett who wrote it with him. It's their sort of homage to 80s action thriller movies like The Terminator, for example. Um, it's about a family whose son has sadly died um he was a soldier and then a friend of his who was also a soldier called david played by dan stevens turns up at the house uh in this sort of midwest american family's house in the middle of sort of farmland 
to sort of pass on the their dead son's kind of dying wishes was for him to return mm. and look after them kind of thing. And uh, throughout the movie, this character of the guest played by Dan Stevens becomes more and more sinister until you realise that something isn't quite right and he starts to get uh, violent. Um, and that's where it goes into full-on sort of Terminator slasher movie mode. And it and the, the soundtrack is... Oh, the soundtrack is so good. Micah Monroe, as the final girl in this movie, is wonderful. And uh, it all culminates in this showdown at the local high school. She's def- She defeats him in the kind of classic slasher way. Spoilers, apologies. And... Um, it ends, the police have arrived, the fire and engines and the ambulance has arrived. Micah Monroe is sat on the edge of this ambulance with her brother as the firemen are walking out and she notices, Alex, one of the firemen have, has a limp. That's unusual. And the camera zooms in on this fireman. He turns and through his mask, you can just about tell, is that the guest? Has he, in classic 1980s thriller fashion, actually survived? And is this a setup for a potential sequel? And if that was the final shot, I'd be pretty happy with it. But then it cuts back, zooms in close on Mike Munro's face, and she just as she just goes, "What the fuck?" And then the movie finishes, and it's perfect. Wow. Yeah, it's it's pretty great. It's a great way to end like this kind of eighties throwback movie with like a classic, the killer. Isn't despite being stabbed however many times and be like definitely should be dead somehow has escaped and then um it's just it there's that kind of exciting moment and then it ends on this really funny beat of her just being like what the what on earth yeah it's great so the guest it's a really good film it's a great ride if you haven't seen it um don't let the fact that I've just given away part of the ending ruin it, it like it's the the movie as a whole has to be seen to be believed. Uh, particularly the bit where Dan Stevens comes out of the shower without a without a shirt on. Oh, even I'm getting worked up thinking about that scene. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So, good stuff. Uh, could I watch it? Oh, the my the guest. Could you watch the guest? Yeah. Uh yeah. yeah. I think I think you could watch the guest. I mean, you'd be. You'd be tense uh, and it would be exciting, but it's. Uh, I think you'd be fine. It's not gory like Friday the 13th is, really. Okay. Um, no, I, th- I think you could watch The Guest. You'd, you'd be okay. And it's a, it's a great, it's such a good film. Such cool. A good film. You could watch Cheap Thrills as well, actually. I think you'd enjoy Cheap Thrills. Cool. Okay. Well, I probably haven't watched any of your films, so you've, you can choose whatever I watch. Oh, I, I already know what your oh. homework is and we haven't got to it yet. Oh my goodness! Okay, you know, you'll be times. fine with it, but it's it's brilliant. Anyway, go on. Okay, so my number three is a uh, two thousand and six British drama, uh, written and directed by Shen Meadows, and uh, the last shot. Uh, and my number three is the last shot from the film. This is England. Okay, stop right there. I haven't seen it, so. Oh. Uh, this might end up being my homework, so. Um, Oh well, don't worry about it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna spoil it. Don't spoil it too much. Cool. No. Uh. So. Uh. So the story is uh centers uh young skinheads in England in in 1983, and it shows kind of the um, the subculture which had its roots in the West Indies culture, 
um, with ska, soul and reggae music. But uh, then it got adopted by the far right mm. uh, and uh, especially white nationalist and white supremacist and to kind of like um, led a division between um, the, the skinhead scene. It's fascinating uh, that, that, that that's true, isn't it? I, I, yeah. It's, it's so amazing, bizarre. It? Yeah, that it started yeah. off as um, part of that scene and then ended up being co-opted by absolute yeah. demons. Absolutely. And so uh, the story is about uh, Sean, who's uh, 12 years old and um, he lives with his mum and his mum uh, is a widow and her, her his, his dad uh, died in the Falklands, in the Falklands War. And uh, uh, he's a bullied at school and I think he needs to find a bit of a, a group or an identity. So he kind of joins this group of skinheads and um, which, you know, everything goes well and everything is fine until um, one of the group's members who was in prison comes out and then things start changing a little bit. Um, Sean... I think, in my opinion, but I think needing to be part of something, I think he then uh, starts following a little bit more the uh, the wrong people in this group uh, until something quite bad happens. Um, well, quite, very, well, until something very bad happens. Mm. And um, uh, the last uh, shot is, um, is amazing because... Uh, he um he's by himself and then he he just uh um i think realizes that what's happening is not right mm. and the last shot is amazing so i'm not going to say what happens uh he, i'm just going to say that i think it's a really good final shot because it it doesn't involve just the film. It involves you. It it creates a, a moment where you are part of the film, Interesting. which is pretty cool. Yeah, I've yeah, always I've yeah. always meant you know it's one of those movies that you I know that you should I should have seen, but mm. it it just never has felt yeah. like the moment to sit down and watch a really harrowing sort of drama about. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, I love Shane Meadows and I love I love his films and I love how he ends his films and uh it was it was kind of like I think Shane uh Shane Meadows came to my head straight away and then I was like which one and I think this is England is it's um cuz even from the title this is England and how the final shot is you go oh yeah <laughs> yeah I'm part of that aren't I so it's 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 interesting I feel and you could interpret it in other ways and you could interpret it as him growing up and or as Sean growing up Sean realizing things Sean you but I, I interpreted it as yeah we, we're part of this we're all part of this and it's uh it's 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 like Shane Meadows films it's hard to watch in parts in, it's fun to watch in other parts it just shows you the society that england is was and will be i don't know i don't know but yeah uh, it's a great film and great mm. great ending great great last shot um yeah dead dead man's shoes is my favorite of the oh. uh, shane man shane Meadows films i've seen yeah i watched i watched today uh, like oh i was just mm, <laughs> 
yeah, that film breaks me a little bit. Cool. Yeah. But yeah, so my number three is the last shot from This Is England. Cool. Exciting. Okay. My number three is a film from 2013, the same year that Cheap Films <laughs> came out. I didn't do this on purpose. Yeah. Um, okay. It is a American thriller directed by the great Denis Villeneuve, who you may remember from my top five directors uh, list. Yeah. You, you've seen Sicario. It is an, mm-hmm. it is an uh, abduction movie about kidnapping starring the fantastic Jake Gyllenhaal and the pretty brilliant Hugh Jackman and the incredible Paul Dano, amongst other wonderful mm-hmm. actors like uh, Melissa Leo is in it as well. Uh, Viola Davis is in it. It's got loads of people who are brilliant in it. It is called Prisoners. And Prisoner. <laughs> and unlike unlike Cheap Thrills and The Guest, where I think it doesn't really ruin the movie too much to know a bit about how it ends, I think Prisoners is the the final shot and the ending is integral to what is so wonderful about it. So I'm going to try and not spoil it too much, but um, essentially Hugh Jackman plays a man, uh, Terence Howard plays his best friend, and their daughters one day are abducted and they don't know what's happened to them or where they've gone. And um, Jake Gyllenhaal plays a police officer who is assigned to the case of looking for these missing children. And Paul Dano plays a man who Hugh Jackman decides may have been involved in this abduction. Uh, He becomes convinced that Paul Dano is involved in the abduction. He takes, when the police don't really move on the case and don't really seem to get any results, Hugh Jackman, as a desperate father, takes matters into his own hands and does a little cheeky abduction of his own and um, tries to extract information from Paul Dano. Uh, Whether Paul Dano... Did abduct the girls or not? I'm not going to discuss too much, um, but that's kind of the setup for the movie. Uh, is is how this how these how this father reacts to his uh, daughter being abducted and and kind of all the events that happen thereafter. The final shot, uh, I will say, um, I love because it's sort of it it allows the movie to end on a completely ambiguous note where you're not really sure if what you think is happening is happening because then the movie just sort of ends the the actual what mm. what you're seeing on screen in the in that final shot is um basically a close up of Jake Gyllenhaal's face as he um reacts to something that's happening and he sells it he sells it there's this he turns and he looks he turns away and then he turns back and looks again and he's got this look on his face and you can read so much into it and then the movie finishes before the mm. story has really finished but it leaves you it leaves you at the perfect moment um and it's a it's a wonderful choice by the director to kind of finish the movie on that exact moment and not go any further uh cuz frankly the movie's two and a half hours long so by by that point you are you know the movie should be finishing and um mm. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's it's a masterstroke to end the movie the way it does. Jake Gyllenhaal, the whole thing rests on him. He sells it perfectly, and the movie overall is is a is a is a five star film. And the ending, mm. the final shot, as it all comes together, and you, it 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 does this perfect thing of ending just as you realise what's going on, and then it's out, and it's it's great. So so yeah, prisoners, 
Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, Hugh Jackman, masterpiece. Awesome. Yes, please. I like it. Yeah, um, Jake, Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal. What yeah, a you, face. you should, uh, you what should, you should check out Prisoners at some point. It's a, it's a cool movie. It's on Netflix in in the UK. Whether it will be on for you, I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, worth watching. Cool. You've got. Have you got? Have you got Jason on your T-shirt? No, my T-shirt is Hollow Knight. Ah, okay, okay. Look like Jason. The face. No, it's a yeah. video game. Cool. Nice. Yeah. My number two. My number two is uh, 2017. Is the last shot from 2017. Lego Japanese Lego thriller, edited, written, and directed by Hirokazu Koreeda. Everything. Oh. Yeah, and the film is called The Third Mur- Murder. Mm. Uh, so the third murder is about uh, this lawyer, uh, Tomoaki Shigemori, and he has to uh, defend his client, Mizumi, uh, who is facing the death penalty uh, if found guilty at a murder trial. Um, this Mizumi has been convicted of other murders, that's why it's called the third murder, mm-hmm. and has confessed to this murder. Uh, but there is not enough evidence for him to be convicted of this murder. So why has he confessed to the murder? Murder. Mm. So um, it's a film. It's 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 a thriller. So it's a it's a film that kind of, you know, there's lots of. That's interesting because that's not a genre that I associate with. um, Correida. Koreeda, no, not at all. In fact, I was when I watched it, I was like, this doesn't look like a Koreeda film, <laughs> and um, and uh, it's it's very like intense because things happen and you go, but why is he doing this? What's happening? Why is this lawyer like this? And there's some incredible shots, and the shot before the last shot is when um the lawyer speaks to him and they're speaking on the they're speaking uh, on um with a glass Mm. and it's an incredible shot that one because they're speaking and you can see the reflection on the glass and Koreeda has been using that technique throughout the film but then the the lawyer kind of steps back and he kind of goes back in the shot and you go what and it's all it's kind of like the detachment and nothing is like you don't know what's resolved you're not really sure and then um the final shot is him coming out being outside somewhere totally random and looking at the sky but instead of looking at the sky like the blue sky he looks at a sky with all the you know in japan the 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 wires are all um out and they so oh, like, the telephone um, wires t- and yeah, everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he looks up and and he, the sky is not is not clear because there's all these telephone wires and it's just kind of blocked. And then and then there's another shot. The last shot is it's panning out and it looks down on him, but still under these things that kind of make him look a little bit trapped in this moment where he goes just he doesn't know what it what is that exactly in what position is in. And it's really 
incredible shot because it's just kind of like you, it, it's a film that builds up, builds up, builds up. But then at the end, is anything solved? What what is going? It's just I do I, I don't want to spoil it, but I feel I feel like it's a beautiful shot because it just it's, it 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 starts the scene starts with like the separation between the the lawyer and his client, and then it goes to him being outside and being alone and not really knowing what he can make of it and being in a way trapped by it. And the way he showed being trapped is with these wires. And uh, I, th I thought it was a good touch of, uh, a, an interesting touch of it. And, and you feel how, in a way, the lawyer feels. So, yeah. Interesting. I haven't seen the movie, but uh, it sounds good. I'd like to watch a co-ed legal thriller. So yeah. it's really good. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, I thought it, I thought it was a it was a good way to end it because instead of ending it of them talking, he ended it with the lawyer being by himself and just thinking what is going on. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, the third murder, Hirokazu Koreda. Third murder. Nice. Good stuff. What's your number two? Okay, my number two is an older film than the rest of my list. It is from 1974. It is a horror film uh, directed by Toby Hooper. Uh, I know that you have seen it because I watched it with you. It is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Just as a film, is one of my favorite movies of all time. I adore it. it mm. I've got the little Funko Pop here of Leatherface. I've got yeah. a I've got a blanket that is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> I this movie is so so good. The final shot. Now it's an old film. Again, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really affect your enjoyment of the rest of the film. So I'm going to go into some spoilers here with the final shot. Um, the main character. I think she's called Susie. Uh, is she Susie? The Texas Chainsaw. Oh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Sally, sorry. The main character, <laughs> Sally, has uh, made this miraculous escape from the Sawyer's farmhouse where the cannibal family have been attempting to uh, kill her by jumping out of the window and running away. Um, she's been trapped there all through the night so the sun is kind of rising during this final scene she runs out into the road she tries to uh, she stops a big lorry uh, to try and escape on that and Leatherface turns up with his chainsaw and sort of puts a stop to that ah. are you alright? yeah I was like ah oh yeah and then um, somebody a pickup truck arrives she jumps in the back of it and the pickup truck starts driving away and there's a shot of her sat in the back of this pickup truck, um, just laughing and laughing mm. and laughing and manically laughing, and she's covered, covered head to toe in blood, and she's she's going away. And in the background, left in the road, is Leatherface, who has been denied his uh, his kill or whatever it is, and um, basically throws a tantrum. So the final shot of the movie is this close up shot of uh, Gunnar Hansen, who plays Leatherface, just spinning around wildly in the road with this chainsaw revving. The soundtrack is just the noise of this chainsaw. He's spinning it all over the place. 
He's got no. He's got all this pent up rage and frustration and anger that he wanted to take out on on Sally. She's escaped and he's spinning around, having a tantrum. And then the final shot is this close up on him doing this with the sun rising in the background and just the sun is just kind of covering him in its light as it and and then it ends and it's just a perfect way to end the movie is on this tantrum of leather faces with the sun just coming up in the background it's a it's a beautiful shot it looks wonderful and it kind of ends like the whole movie builds this high energy chase sequence and by the time the by the time by this point in the movie it's been at full speed for about half an hour You've not been able to stop for breath, and it just right at the peak of all the madness, it it ends on this wonderful shot, and it's great. Um, yeah, what do you think, Alex? Because you've seen it. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty cool shot. Yeah, it's pretty pretty kind of memorable. Another memorable shot of him just going. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Which is why I like to play as Leatherface in Dead by Daylight. Because <laughs> it's actually, it's pretty good actually uh-huh. in Dead by Daylight, Alex. Um, you use the sort of sledgehammer to hit people with when you're playing mm. as him. But your power, because each killer has a different power, his power is you can rev up the chainsaw and start slashing with the chainsaw, right? But mm. if you miss the survivor and accidentally hit a wall or something with your chainsaw and they get away, you're you you're mm. forced for about five seconds. You can't move while he does a mad tantrum, like at the end of the film. It's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty good. I really like it. Amazing. Yeah, that sounds great. It's great. Um. Anyway, cool. What's your number one? Oh my god, your number one, your top my favorite final show num- ever. Oh, this is odd. So uh, let's not say my favorite final shot ever. It's just for now my favorite final shot. Oh, right, I see what you mean. Ever. Right, that's fine. <laughs> Go on. I'm, I'm so non-committal with my top five. Like I love my final shots, but like I know I can find better ones. But I don't know. Like I, th- I think though, like there's so many films with incredible final shots as well mm-hmm. that yeah, you know sometimes they go you you miss you you not you you forget about them. Like you're excited. Forget about it. By at the end. Forget about it. You're so Italian. You're so Italian. Oh, shut up. You're excited about it at the end, but then you forget. And, and, you know, I forget everything. I sometimes forget my name. But never mind. My number one uh, pick uh, is a film, uh, a 1999 film. Film starring Brad Pitt, Edward Norton, Meat Love, and <laughs> Helen Bonham Carter. And the film is David Fincher's film Fight Club. Yeah. Um this is this was one of the first ones that went in my in my list because I I love that final shot. But Fight Club is about this nameless guy uh, played by Edward Norton who likes to attend uh, support groups even if he hasn't really got any problems apart from I think he suffers from insomnia. Mm. In these uh, support groups he meets uh, Helen and Bonham Carter and um, who, you know, he's kind of becomes his girlfriend kind of. Uh, and then um, he starts, he meets this guy, Tyler, played by Brad Pitt, and they, who is a soap salesman, and they make soap out of uh, fat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that scene where they're going to get the fat is disgusting. Um, and then Most of this gets, movie uh, is disgusting. 
Yeah, most of the movie is disgusting. And um, he, uh, they start a fight club. Edward Norton and Brad Pitt start a fight club, which is pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and uh, uh, all of it is kind of like, uh, you know, they're creating with this soap, they're creating like explosives. Uh, yeah. Yeah, is that is that a spoiler? No, well, I mean, the the Fight Club sort of grows out of control and uh, starts yeah. getting involved in like anarcho terrorism yeah. sort of thing, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it starts becoming like pretty crazy. And the last shot is uh, Edward Norton and Helen Bonham Carter listening to this incredible song, which is "Where Is My Mind" by the Pixies, right? Yes, yes. Uh, watching uh, New York burn. Mm. Well, the buildings, but it's like exploding for the window. Why the buildings explode, and it's like the most. It's like an ex. Like you see a a city being destroyed by such a calm. I think it's the calmest moment in that film, and there's this song, and they they hold hands and they just watch, and it's just it's beautiful final shot. It's pretty like nihilistic, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's just like it's just perfect. Yeah, I I love I love that moment in and it's just it's it's kind of how would you how, there's a word where it's just like it's one thing but if you feel the opposite like you're supposed to feel like a paradox maybe scared or, or confused yeah scared or confused and then but then you feel calm and kind of content yeah. <laughs> of what is happening. Because yeah, he feels that way. Because the movie's done such a good job of spending like two hours of making you think that society is 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 completely broken, essentially. Yeah. Like it's a very like yeah. it's a very sort of it drags you into its worldview quite well, doesn't it? That film, I think. And then yeah, by the time that mm. happens at the end, you almost don't care that these buildings are being blown up. Yeah, and I think that the choice of music also really helps as well. Yeah, it's become iconically connected to that scene, hasn't it? That yeah. Song. What's your number one? So my number one was the first film that I put on my list uh, because it was a film that I watched and like the final shot in this movie just blew me away. Um, uh, But I don't want to talk too much about why. uh, Because if you haven't seen this film, I don't think you have, this is definitely going to be your homework for this week. Um, It's a 2015 film starring Logan Marshall Green and uh, John Carroll Lynch as well, quite iconic, quite good performance in it. Directed by Karen Kusama, uh, The Invitation. Do you know The Invitation? I've seen it. Sorry, I've seen it. You have seen it. No, I haven't. <laughs> um, <laughs> sounds sounds scary. <laughs> No, it's not too. So Logan Marshall Green. Oh no! Yeah. But Logan Marshall Green uh, goes with his girlfriend to the Hollywood Hills home of his ex-wife Eden, who is hosting a dinner party with her new husband. That's the setup in the Mm. movie. So already a little bit of awkwardness there because he's going. He's taking his new girlfriend to his ex-wife's house for for a dinner party. They get there. Mm. They have this dinner party, and. Um, things are pretty awkward and strange. And then after the dinner, 
they are introduced to... They basically have a meeting and they are introduced to uh, John Carroll Lynch's character who kind of tries to sell them on something. Uh, and I don't want to go much more than that because the movie really is all about its story and wouldn't be as effective if, if you knew much more than that about it. But it, it, what I love so much about this film is it's clearly got quite a low budget. Uh, although Karen Kasama, she's directed quite a few movies. She's she's definitely um, uh, what's the word? Uh, experienced as a director, but I don't think it's a big budget film, and it uses its final shot to expand itself and that's all i want to say about it but i love it i love the final shot in this movie i think it's perfect i think the movie itself is really good i probably prefer like the texas chainsaw massacre but i think that the final shot in this film is is brilliant uh and really really good i love the way this film ends I remember the first time I watched it, I I just immediately was like, that is a great final shot. That is one of my favourite final shots. So that's all I really want to say about it. Why are you shaking your head? Why do you why do you always want to show me stuff that I don't want to see? <laughs> why are you saying that? I don't want to watch a horror film. It's not a horror film. It says, I know it clearly what, says, I know what it clearly Wiki states, I know what just Wikipedia a moment, says. Wikipedia. <laughs> 2015 American horror film. It starts with a the, the omen, the. Oh come on! Texas what are you talking Chainsaw about? Texas Massacre. The Fight Club. The You've seen that. Shining. No, it's called just Fight Club. It's no, not called no, the no. Fight it's pretty, Club. Pretty, I'm pretty sure it's called the Fight Club. No, the no, the. I'm pretty sure. No, the the I'm book is called sure. the Fight Club. I'm pretty no, sure. No, no, it's called Fight Club. It's no, called Fight Club. I'm pretty sure it's the Fight Club, Alex. I think I know what you I'm are, talking about. You are insane. I've got Wikipedia in front of me. You're insane. Why no. are you always up on watch? Why? 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 Alex, Why? Alex, it's a thriller at best. It's <laughs> definitely not a horror film. It it's really isn't. It's a thriller at best. It says horror film. It's, a, it's no more a horror film than the Fight Club is, okay? Or, I'm going to strike this week. I'm or, not doing my homework. Yes, you are. Or The Third Murder. <laughs> Come on. The Third Murder. Come on. Yeah? The Little Sister. Our Little Sister. The Shoplifters. No, Shoplifters. You are insane. You're insane. So number one is The Invitation, uh, America, an American horror film. It's a thriller. It's a thriller. It's not a horror film. It's a thriller Fine. film. Okay. It's brilliant, well, Alex. You'll maybe like it. It's brilliant. Fine. It's tense, but it's not scary. <sighs> okay, top five. Do you want to talk any more about the thriller? The... No, 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 I wouldn't dare. No. Um, what's your uh what go through your top five one more time for me, please? So my number five is The Mist. Number oh, four, the, the Blair Witch Project. Oh, the Blair Witch See, Project. The Mist, The Mist, The Blair Witch Project. The Toy my Story, number... The Cars, The Lion King. It's got to... <laughs> it's got... The, the Jungle that was Book. right there was The Lion King. Be quiet. The Aristocrats. Uh, number three. Be quiet. Number three, This Is England. My number two, The f Third Murder. And number one, Fight Club. I think you'll find it's The Fight Club. Okay. No. 
<laughs> Why do you keep getting annoyed at me about that? I'm obviously <laughs> Okay. My top five. Number five, Cheap Frills. Number four, The Guest. Number three, Prisoners. Number two, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, and number one, The Invitation. Have you got any honourable mentions for me? Yes. Good. Okay. Honourable mentions. Um, knives out. Yes, please. Uh, there's a beautiful final shot where um, the um, the housekeeper looks down at the family. Yep. It's really yep. good. Yeah. Uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. The great last shot of uh, uh, him walking in the woods. Oh. Um, him. What's it called? The well, Jack Nicholson's character is it, or is it the chief? It's not Jack Nicholson, it's the chief. chief. The The chief chief. is a great shot of the chief walking in the woods. Uh, Gone Girl is the first shot is exactly the same as the last shot, but the last shot you understand what's happening. She's a psycho. Mm. Um, (laughs) uh, Train Spotting, great final shot. Uh, The beginning of Train Spotting, it talks about uh, what people want, and at the end, he maybe he can get that which is pretty cool uh the truman show when he walks out the door oh i didn't uh, even great, think about I mean, the truman show that's a great shout such a good fun, uh, final final shot moon moonstruck uh the final shot is of uh, the nonna e nonno the ones that have come from italy is the photo of the grandpa and the granddad that have come from italy and you know kind of like shows you know families everything uh thelma louise uh the last shot is the car um coming uh going into the canyon um grave of the fireflies Oh no! Uh, yeah, that's a really heartbreaking last shot. Kind of you, you find you kind of figure out things. I haven't uh, even seen Grave of the Fireflies. Uh, I'm, I'm upset. Have you not? Have you not? Uh, no. Yeah. And uh, the Breakfast Club. Uh, it's an iconic final shot and has been used in so many things. And even if you haven't watched the Breakfast Club, you know what the final shot is, and it's just. Like, you know, for such a, you know, uh, a John Hughes film, you know, the final shot, everybody knows it with the song, Don't You Forget About Me. And I mean, I will, I, will, I will give you this. That's the only good bit of The Breakfast Club. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But can you imagine that you have such a okay film? Like, it's not a good film. Like, you know, you watch it because, you know, you like John Hughes films or something. Yeah. And the, the, the final shot is so iconic that is in kind of... Everybody knows the Breakfast Club, even if it's not is an average film. Yeah, definitely. That final, yeah, it's great. Yeah. And the song, oh, don't you, don't you forget, about, forget me. about me, don't, 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 and uh, that's it. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's more, but there's one on my there's one on my honorable mentions that I really thought you you might have in your top five, but you haven't mentioned it at all yet. So we'll see. Uh, okay. My my own mentions knives out same as you. I think that's that's yeah. just a wonderful moment in that movie. Uh, it follows is the film where the second to last shot is amazing, and then the fi- the actual final shot is just a shot of two characters, but it, it's still pretty good. The innkeepers, an amazing haunted house film that is a real marmite movie. Some people hate it, but I love it. Uh, it's a really slow burn, and the final shot is um. 
It's just a shot of a room and there's something hidden in it and I had to watch it three times before I could notice where, what was happening and it, it's, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Witch, Robert Eggers' The Witch, great final shot in that movie. Um, the Mist, which you've talked about. Saw, have you seen Saw? Have you seen Saw? Are you crazy? Have you seen Saw? Are you crazy? Have you seen Saw? Are you crazy? Have you seen, Are you crazy? Have you seen Saw? Well, there's an amazing... Yeah, yeah, the, the, no. the final moment of the, of, of the first Saw movie uh, is a game over moment and it's great. I love it. Here's the one that I thought you might have on your list. It was nearly on my list. Jojo Rabbit. Oh, yeah. With the Bowie song and oh. they're dancing on the... And it's cutting back and forth between oh, them. Oh, that's it... such a beautiful final shot. Yeah, it's perfect. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See? That's terrible. I need to write final shots because that's... That, that's um, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, it's really good. It's really, really good. Uh, the Vanishing, or Sporlus, uh, has, a, has an amazing final shot um, where you realise that the sort of the, the villain might have won and it's it's heartbreaking, but great. Kill List, the uh, Ben Wheatley masterpiece, has just, oh, it's such a good, burr, burr, love it. Halloween, the John Carpenter film, excellent final shot. The camera sort of, uh, the camera starts to show you all the locations through that the, the, the movie has been set in, but they're all silent and quiet. And all the action is banished from them, but something sinister, something still feels sinister because oh, it's so good. Uh, the thing, hmm. Kurt Russ again, John Carpenter, who can do a final shot like no one else. The thing, um, Kurt Russell and uh, is it Keith David? I think sat in the uh, in the research center as it burns, and they don't know which of them is is the thing. It's so good. Call me by your name. Have you seen Call Me by Your Name? I don't know. I need to watch that. But now that that guy's come out to be a creep, I don't want to watch it anymore. Oh, it's tough that one because yeah, Army Hammer. But I wouldn't. I'd still. You should still watch it. I think it's. I really, really like Call Me by Your Name. And okay. the final shot. The final shot sort of stayed. The the credits kind of run over the final shot, and you kind of stay with this character uh, for ages. And it's 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 great. The final shot of Call Me by Your Name is mm. wonderful. Uh, the, lo- the lobster, uh, Yorgos Lanthimos's. Um, Kind of weird classic it has has a brilliant final, really ambiguous final shot. Hereditary, um, Ari Aster's first movie has a just a completely bonkers final <gasps> shot. You don't really understand what's going on. Midsummer, Ari Aster's second Midsummer. film. Yeah. I forgot about Midsummer. That's a beautiful final it's shot. It's a wonderful final shot. Florence Pugh is so good. And then you're not going to agree with me, but The Lighthouse, I uh, really rate the final shot in that as well. There you go. There's, those are my honourable mentions. Great. Great thought. So, Alex, if you could only recommend a couple of things from this week's Culture Catch-Up, what would you be recommending right about now? Uh, I recommend uh, the album by Oscar Scheller, or Scheller, Scheller, Boys Cry. Yeah. I think it's a good album. And definitely watch... Moxie, I think I think it's a it's a fun film. Moxie, mm, nice, good choices. Yeah. Available uh, on Netflix. So. Yes, please. I would recommend uh, to everyone and anyone the uh, BBC show Back to Life, which is a perfect TV show. It's so good, and uh, the video game Dead by Daylight. If you're if you're a hashtag gamer, then uh, check that out. It's good. Uh, what's my homework? 
Uh, okay, so for homework, I would, um, I don't know, like, you could uh, watch either, which one is easiest to watch. Uh, uh, well, they're both, I think, I think. They're both easy to watch. I looked up the third murder and I can rent it for under a pound. Um, uh, you know, I will watch the third murder, you know, something. Okay, I'll yeah. I'll check out the third murder. That sounds good. I will watch This Is England as and well because I feel yeah, ashamed. and then maybe one day you'll watch This Is England. Yeah, but the uh, the third murder. So, uh, that sounds cool. so I'm watching Cheap Thrills. Yeah, no homework. No, you're watching The Invitation. Yes, great. No, thank the you. The Invitation. And that's it Cheap for the for probably, the episode. Cheap Thrills <laughs> is probably scary. The Invitation. Stop being ridiculous. The Invitation. You're gonna watch The Invitation. You're gonna you're gonna like it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Believe person um thank you so much for joining us again for another episode of thank you culture bucket um we've had we've had our downloads have been uh, going up slightly in recent weeks so if you're a relatively new listener then thank you so much please get in touch just get in touch just email us the the, the link to our email is in the uh, is in the is in the show notes it would be great just to hear from people just to let just let us know what you think uh Rate and review us on, on, on Apple Podcasts and any, anywhere else that podcasts can be reviewed so that we can get some more listeners. Um, and, uh, yeah, check, check us out on the social medias everywhere. Uh, Alex does insanely good uh, artwork for every episode uh, that you will have to look Aww, us up on thank you. Instagram to see. So please do go and check us out on Instagram. And, um, yeah, yeah. So next time we're going to be uh, hitting a decade again. And we're going to be doing our top five 80s films. Yeah. What a genre. Yeah. What a decade even. Not a genre. Uh, although the 80s film almost is a genre all of its own. Um, mm-hmm. mm, I like it. So, yeah, check us out. It's going to be exciting. Are you excited, Alex? I am very excited until I'm going to start making my list. So. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, send us top fives, please. Email us your, your top fives. Okay. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Bye.